Hello, everybody. Welcome to Horror Movie Yearbook, the first real episode of the year. We did our Scream draft, but, well, that was a real episode, but this is like, <laughs> now, we're, now we're fully back. We've watched a movie now. We so. have seen a film in the theater. Yeah, we did. We did. Was this, this is not your first time. No, you, was this your first time back with, with the people? Because we rented out the theater for uh, Spider-Man. No, I saw Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Got a movie we did for the podcast. So yep. there you go. Yep. So so I have seen I've seen so I had a list of five movies that were coming out uh by the end of January twenty twenty two. Five movies and I wound up seeing three of five. So I did okay. I did what all right. What did you missed? I missed Eternals, which I have since almost finished on Disney Plus. And um, I'm enjoying it, but I'm I'm not mad that I it's I'm not like uh, you know uh, crying about the fact that I missed it in theaters, and that I missed Ghostbusters, um, which ah. I do have to when it's available to rent for a normal rental price. I will be renting. Right. I don't think we're far off from that, and I will say I liked the I went and saw Ghostbusters in the theater. I liked it quite a bit. So good. I think that makes will, me I happy. Think, I think you will enjoy it as well. So. Yeah, sure. right. I kind of know some of the stuff that people have been poo-pooing a little bit, and it, I like. I think it's good to know some of these things going into it. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's okay, one so thing I, in particular. Yeah, so yeah. I, I I I don't want to say I'm poo-pooing. I think I know the thing you're talking about, and I just found it. Uh, that's the one part of the movie where I was just like, I don't like this. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it for. Yeah. But it's it was honestly just more for like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, on principle yeah it made you feel uncomfortable but i understand why people i I don't want to i don't want to like pretend like i'm anyway but yeah yeah it was a part where i was just like okay guy i i got what you did i don't want to see it anymore yeah can we be done now (laughs) because it wasn't just what it's like it goes on for a while and i'm just like i can't it's making me uncomfortable please stop (laughs) (laughs) please stop this but well you know what's not making me uncomfortable willie what the is Midwest that? game nerds? They're making me very comfortable ah. with with my choices on game podcasts because they are at the top of my list, and they uh-huh. are doing a. They just finished up and put out a couple days ago a 2022 year preview. So they're talking about all the big games that are coming out. Excellent, excellent. You got a game you're looking forward to the most? I just started Resident Evil Village, and I kind of. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, and you told me it was your favorite part, so maybe this is why. I kind of love it. Like, I'm like yeah. this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was just going to say, like, I I am not um, up on my game news uh, enough, so I'll be listening to this episode of the Game Nerds for sure. Um, and I. <sighs> If it's if there's not a new Resident Evil announced and coming out, then I, I there's not a lot I'm going to be like over the moon for. That's that at this point that those are the games that I, I look forward to most. Will you play the Evil Dead game with me? Yes. Thank you. That's yeah. All I no question. Uh, who do we get to play as in that? There's four characters: uh, Ash, and then uh, Ash. Um, two of the people from the TV series that I'm blanking on their names. Okay. And then and, I believe um, the 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 knight from Army yeah, of the Darkness. Knight from Army of Darkness. Can I be the knight from Army of Darkness? Yes. When we play, is that okay? Yes, but I'm all time Ash. Okay, that's fine. I can live with that. 
Um, so they are going to be talking about that. And then I want to uh, self-promote a little bit here, too, because I want to tell you about it. I just put up on our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Midwest Podnet. Yes. I put up the first honor roll of 2022. Uh, this is where I watch five movies and then I decide which ones I like. I put them on the honor roll. So the first one that I, I wanted to run the let you know because we were talking about this the other day we were talking about how this is going to be a big year for slashers slasher movies are back in full force yeah so what i'm doing on the honor roll is i'm watching any slasher i can find on like vod the like so i watched a movie called stoker hills which kind of stars tony Todd, but it's a slasher movie and it's a vod it's out on vod now but what i will be doing is something called the slasher search uh, 2022 and I've, I'm grading it on five categories and I'm blanking it. So kills is one of them. Uh, appearance is another uh, motive background and victims. Okay. So I'm grading on a scale of one to 10 on those five categories. And at the end of the year, I will tally them up for you and I will let you know which slashers are worth your time. So Amazing. You know. Thank so, you. You're you doing go. the work for me, and I appreciate that. <laughs> so I wanted to let you know that, and I watched a couple other of uh, fun movies. That's on our Patreon. It will be on our um, regular feed next week, and that's that's my plan moving forward on that is to kind of get them out the week of a regular episode on the Patreon, and then the next week when we on our off weeks with the Tiny Terrors, you will have a new episode hit the feed as well there. Wonderful. But, um, that is – I think that's it as far as housekeeping, right? You got anything else? Um not that I can think of, no. Um, I feel I feel good about that, Tim. I think it's time then. Are you ready? Are, are we ready? I mean, I hear, you know. Just, We've been building up to this one for a while. So. We have been, yeah. So, so you know, with the exception of, uh, I hope, the eventual release of a new Friday the 13th movie, I don't think there's much that could get Tim and I talking uh, as in depth as a new Scream movie could. Uh, we went pretty yeah. hard with the new Halloween. Yeah, that's but, true. Though, uh, but uh, this is up there with the big. Like we're we're uh, like when Hellraiser comes out, we probably won't dive as deep. No, no. It, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll enjoy speaking. We enjoy talking about movies and especially horror movies together. But there are certain um, uh, series or uh, franchises or whatever that we, that you and I uh, jive on uh, together, right? And, and Scream is certainly one of them that you and I both are big big fans. And I, I'm I like I am super duper excited to talk about this movie because there's a lot to talk about, and uh, it's been what eleven years uh, since the last Scream movie. Um, a movie that you and I were not recording uh, podcasts, I don't believe, at that point together. Um, time is weird. Uh, but <laughs> you and I have never been able to... We had, we had just met each other around the time Scream 4 came out. Uh, yes. Because I had just moved here yes. from where I was living around the yes, time. That exactly. Yeah, And you were playing uh, old WWE slash F wrestling pay-per-views at the video store during our shifts together. And I thought, I think I like this, this cat, this cat, <laughs> he's a whole different beast and I like it. Um, but yeah, no, so you and I have never, I mean, I mean, 11 years, you and I have never been able to sit down and talk about a new screen movie. It hasn't happened. This is, this is, this is the, I think it's going to happen again um, based on how well this one's doing. But um, this is the first time that you and I have been able to do this. And it's very, very exciting. So, yeah. So, Real quick, because I were the 
you mentioned the other four movies. Yeah. They will, I'm sure, come up, our thoughts on them, as we go through this movie. Yes. But we're mainly going to talk about this movie, because if you want to hear us talk about the other four movies in the franchise, uh, we just dropped a, I put together last, uh, summer of 2020, I believe, we did something called the Summer of Scream, mm-hmm. where we talked about each of the four movies in the Scream series, and I took the film discussions from those and put them all into one episode. So you Like can a check mega episode. Yeah, it's like three and a half hours long. It's... I'm really proud of that series, and I think we did a great job. And Me honestly, too. if you want, if people want to go back and listen to the whole episodes, I think they're worth it too because we do a lot of fun stuff, like dive into the Scream Three soundtrack. I think mm-hmm. we talk a little bit about the Scream Two soundtrack, yes. all sorts of fun stuff like that. So, if you want to go back and check out the full episodes, they're on there. But if you're looking for just the discussions, what we think of the other four movies in the series, uh, just a couple weeks ago we dropped it, and the Scream Draft episode we did was a lot of fun too. But that that felt like kind of a bonus um, style episode. That uh, is definitely worth a listen as well. But this is we're gonna we're gonna talk about Scream Scream Five here. So yeah, ready? yes, I'm ready. Twenty five years after the original series of murders in Woodsboro, a new ghost face emerges, and Sidney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. Directed by Matt Bettinelli, Open and Tyler, is it Gillette or Gillette? Uh, we'll go with Gillette. I think Gillette is good enough. Uh, written by James Vanderbilt, Guy Busick, and credited characters to Kevin Williamson, starring Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. We will get into everybody at starring, and including those three, in Indeed. a little bit. But I want to give your thoughts. So it's the first new screen movie, as you mentioned, in 10 years. And it's t- this movie takes place 25 years. I, I, it's safe to say you and I were pretty hyped for it. I want to know, and we're going to do non-spoilers here real quick. What are your thoughts? What are your non-spoilery thoughts? Did this live up to the hype? Did it meet your expectations? What did you think of the new Scream, Willie? Yeah, so my expectations were high. Um, I mean, we're, we, you know, like you said, the anticipation of a new Scream movie. I never thought, I didn't think we were ever going to get a new Scream movie. Um, if I'm being honest, I thought that Scream 4 did not do well. It underperformed greatly at the box office, in part because of uh, the fact that it wasn't promoted great, and there were troubles already happening with the Weinsteins at that point in time. Um, things were begin- beginning to fall apart for that studio. And I liked Scream 4 enough when it came out. It has not aged well for me. Um, I still don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's the weakest of the series. Um and so they kind of uh, ventured into the TV realm of things with Scream, the MTV series, and then I think it switched over to VH1 for a third season unrelated to the previous two seasons. And I enjoyed my time with the first couple seasons of that, and I was like, cool, if, if this is what Scream is now, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Um, but I did not expect um, another Scream film uh, in the continuity of those original three, four movies. So the anticipation was high and um, when radio silence, the directing team became attached, it got even higher. And then it was like, okay, our cat's coming back and uh, uh, Nev and Courtney are coming back. And it was just like, man, this is really, uh, this is, this is gearing up to be something special, I think. And so, yeah, my anticipation, my, my, my hopes were high. And my expectations were high. And I think, by and large, they were met by this film. Um, I don't think you could ever make a Scream film that will top the original for me. And that's not a bad thing. That's okay. 
because the original was lightning in a bottle. Um, the, the time it came out, the writer behind it, the director behind it, the cast, everything just, it was, it's screamed to me as a perfect film. Uh, there's nothing wrong in my opinion with that first screen movie. I think it's perfect. I think it accomplishes everything it sets out to do. I think it's infinitely rewatchable. I think the cast, I just, it's perfect. And so I, I never went into this thinking that in any way, shape or form, this had a chance at becoming the best in the franchise. And it doesn't, that's fine. Um, what I was hoping for was that the film would be a return to form in the sense that it could reach the quality of that first sequel, Scream 2, which to me is not just one of the best, if the if not the best, horror sequel, and by sequel I mean number two, um, ever. One of the great film sequels of all time, I think. Uh, when I think of... When I think of what a sequel should be, Scream 2 is one of the first movies that comes to mind. I think it does everything a sequel should do. And so if it could reach those heights or get close to those heights, I'd be happy. And it does. Um, I don't know if you were planning on talking about rankings a little bit later, but this certainly... Scream 5, and I'm going to call it Scream 5. Um, Scream 5 for me is uh, right in the middle of the pack. And in a lot of instances, that might sound like faint praise. Um, and it's, but it's not because I do hold scream one and also scream two in such high regard that, uh, for it to be in a conversation alongside scream two, I think is, um, is an achievement and a testament to, um, what these guys did with this. Uh, I think that they have reinvigorated, and re-energized and properly um, revived a franchise that I wasn't sure could be. Um, n- not because the last couple were were so bad that they could that they ruined the franchise by any means, but just because you know because there's a returning cast in these movies, they're getting a little bit older and I you wonder if they're going to be interested in doing another one. And, but, but they were able to accomplish that and, and, and bring back an interest in this franchise. And we're going to see at least a couple more screen movies after this. And that's cool enough. But what this movie did for me, and I think a lot of people is that it made me excited to see more. And that is, uh, that is legitimately uh, as I think as, as big a compliment as I can give this movie is like you brought scream back, it's back and I'm excited and I hope we can continue to improve upon and push the series forward in, in a cool way that uh, we can get a new, uh, whether it's a trilogy or whatever it is with, with some of these younger cast members that we can continue to push the, the franchise and the series forward and even improve upon what this movie did. So I, I, I think it really it it, achi- it it hit my expectations. It achieved what it wanted to be. It is not uh, it's not it does not dethrone Scream by any means, but it is a damn good sequel and a damn good revival for a franchise. And uh, um, I, I quite enjoyed it. And I think if you're a fan of these movies or a fan of slashers, I think it's well worth a look. Um, 
as they all are. But this one, this one is is really really solid, and I, I really enjoyed it. So, Tim, what do you think? What do you mean? I, I rambled a bit there, but what what were your thoughts? No, no. Your, your non spoilery thoughts on on Scream Five Five Cream. Um, <laughs> Five yes. cream. What? What? Yeah. Uh, what did you the think, man? The yeah, the true name. name. Five cream. No one. No one. Don't deny it. <laughs> Very similar to yours. Maybe trending a little bit more negative, but not really. So I'm with you. But this is like it is firmly in the three spot, and I don't think it's going anywhere after a rewatch because I don't think it's going to get any worse for me. In fact, it might get better. But I don't. I'm with you. It's not going to touch. I think. I think two is very good. Yeah. And, Agreed. And two is Wes still, I think, in his prime in a lot of ways. And this never gets to the highs that two has. I'm going to, I've got it. Uh, I'm going to go through this because I did like it. And I've actually, I texted you earlier today. I think I came across when I got out of the theater a little bit negative on it. Mm. And more negative than I was because I, as I've sat with it, I like it more than I did when I watched it a couple nights ago, getting out of it. And I think some of it we'll get into in the spoilers, what I didn't like about it, but I've got likes and dislikes here. So I'm going to start with what I liked. I, I like the kills. This is, I think one of the nastiest, it might be the nastiest scream. Would you agree with that in terms of kills? One has some pretty rough stuff. Yeah. So, but, so the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. So no, <laughs> no, it's sorry. I asked you a question that I talked over. You, you agree with that or no? What were you going to say? No, I would agree with that, and 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 I I do want to say that's one thing that I feel like the certainly the third and fourth movies were missing. Yes, that that one and one especially, but two to a lesser extent, um, were able to accomplish. It's not just about making you care about these characters before you off them. Because that's something that Scream does in spades, and a lot of slasher movies don't bother doing, right? Slasher movies generally set up uh, archetype, archetypal characters archetypical characters that uh, you set them up and you knock them down. Like there's a, you know, you can have fun characters and ones that you laugh at and stuff, but generally you don't care that much about it when they get offed. Uh, when I'm talking about Friday the 13th and Halloween sequels and things like that. Um, with Scream, it's different. They, 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 with those first couple of movies make you care about even the minor characters that get killed off, and, and that's that's one of the cool things about this series. This movie does that, but what this movie does that hasn't, in my opinion, been done since the first movie, and I think may even might be one of the few things that this movie is able to accomplish even better than the first movie was, um, is that not only do you care about these characters and you don't want to see them get killed or hurt, but you, but the kills in this feel dangerous, Tim. And what yes. I mean by that is they're not fun to watch. They're not goofy. And I, to liken it to a, <laughs> to a recent slasher sequel, Halloween Kills, right? The kills in that movie are insane. Absolutely batshit crazy. We've talked about that movie. It's absolutely cra- it, it is a joy to watch how insane that, that those kills get. But, and I'm not saying you don't care about some of those characters. There are some that they set up that you care about that get killed. But like, they're fun to watch because they're so ridiculous and nuts and like gory and nasty and over the top. The kills in this are nuts and nasty, as you said, but in the in the sense that they they feel real and there's there's a visceral gut punch just like there are in any good slasher movie when somebody gets killed, but there's also kind of an emotional gut punch and a weird feeling of sorrow when people get killed in this movie, even people that you don't spend a ton of time with. Does that make sense? There's a it, yes. It recaptures the feeling you got when you watched Drew Barrymore in the first Scream film 
the tragedy of watching somebody killed. Does that make sense? Like that, that's what it, feel, it feels like. A, it legitimately feels like a life was lost here. And that's, that is like, that, that is one of the things that this, this movie I think does better than, than any of the, the sequels, including two in a lot of ways. Hey. And kills and kills are an important component in a slasher movie. Let's, mm-hmm. I mean, let's just put it out there. And we, I feel like the series had, in some ways, gotten away from that. Yeah. But what it really got away from, and it's not so much the kills. This this movie it made the franchise for me at least. It made it, or it was at least attempted to a lot of times. It made it scary again. Yes. And it, it put it put that what you talked about. It put trying to be scary and trying to feel real ahead of where three and I think quite a bit of four went as well, which is three and four are comedies with a little, with horror in it. And I think three more than four, three is a straight up comedy at times. And I think it's fun and I think it's funny. This feels closer tonally to one and two. And there are some really, there are some really tense sequences. There are some really, like you mentioned, some really nasty kills. So I did like that. A couple other things I liked here. I liked the balance of the returning cast here more than I did in four. This movie in a lot of ways feels like a course correct of the series Mm, following four. And as we get into spoilers, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about some of the returning characters from four and what they do with it. Cause I think it's really, I think it's interesting. And I, I kind of want to dissect what the directors did. I think um, David Arquette as Dewey is fantastic. I think this is, best performance in the series in some ways i yeah. love grizzled dewey yep. i kind of want some like offshoot comics that follow his exploits <laughs> <for his vibe. laughs> um the other thing that i liked about this not so much the returning cast and this is this is something i lobbed at four and i don't want to just trash four but i i will say I, i'm not a, i'm not crazy about four i'm not a fan i liked this new cast a lot and I want to see these characters moving forward, which is not this felt like a, a passing of the torch style movie to this new cast. And if you want to point to a flaw in the original and it's not something that I would point to as a flaw, actually, but I know some people do. It's that it's not an incredibly it's not a diverse cast. It's a it's yeah. a white cast. Sure, sure. And I actually think it plays whether intentionally or not. It, it's an advantage for that first movie because all of this nasty violence is having is is in an, a in a perceived safe aka white town like that's kind of what makes it scary for a lot of people i agree i agree yes so i think it works in the advantage but this is a more diverse cast in a lot of ways and it feels natural it doesn't feel shoehorned in it's not it, no yeah it's not diversity for diversity's sake it's like these people feel like they live in wordsboro now this is this um, is what this is what uh america looks like this is yes yes Yes, for sure. Um, the whodunit aspect of this actually worked really well for me, which is weird because some of it feels worn out and the reveals uh, we'll get into. They're not like they're not out of left field. But it, uh, in these movies, the killer doesn't matter as much as the motive. And mm. I for me, at least. And I, I know they're hand in hand. But um, while the reveal isn't a shock, I think this movie does some. It does some fun head fakes and it does some ridiculous ones as well. <laughs> so, it does a bit of both. Yep. Yep. Uh, but another step up over four is I think it looks nice. I think it looks good. It's nice to four is unwatchably hazy for me at times. I think you and I have talked about this. Like, I, I, I think I, I joked about like that them smearing Vaseline on the lens. Like <laughs> everything looks weird. I don't know how to even explain it. I it's love blurry, Wes. I like. think I think Wes is a master. And I think he's a major component, obviously. But it was, it was nice to see a fresh take in a lot of ways from a new a, a new director. It's so, a slick movie. Um, 
It's slick. Yes, and and I think you and I have talked about this. Is uh, Scream is a Wes Craven movie, but it's also Scream One, especially, is also um, a Kevin Williamson movie. Big sure. Time. So, in a weird way, this is the Scream that I've wanted, the Scream sequel that I've wanted for a while. It seems like it fully embraces its slasher again. It's the one I've wanted since part two. I think like the there are a couple sequences that are really solid and there is an underlying like, look what this generation has done to the next generation as we get into some of the older characters. Like, look how they screwed them up. Like, look how they fucked up like, sure. in a lot of ways. And, and they're pretty blind to it. And I think it doesn't let... It doesn't let the characters, those legacy characters, off the hook like four does. I, I wish there was, I wish there was a little bit more of it, but I, I kind of like um, how it handles things. What I didn't like, and a lot of these are spoilery. I didn't like the motive, and I, I okay. touched on. I don't yep. like the motive. I've kind of gone back and forth on this. The original Scream is a movie that is having a conversation with the audience and a conversation with itself that's yeah. about not just. Uh, violence in movies it's not people cling to the meta stuff but what it is is it's it's wes it's and this is where wes comes into play big time it's him um it's him talking about the effect that violence on tv and violence in the movies has on impressionable youths impressionable kids impressionable people and this this focuses on something else and it's a little bit more niche and i think the term I use is it's way too the motive is way too online and I'll get into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I wish it tied in because I think it's a missed opportunity and I'm actually saving. I'm still trying to save for a rewatch to see if maybe I missed some of the stuff, but it feels like it's commenting on solely on movies themselves and fandom. I hope that's not too spoilery. No, but, uh, no, 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 no. That's okay. So you know, I yeah. mean, the, the movie, the movie does comment. Uh, I think it, it does. It does comment on toxic fandom, right? Yes, uh, uh, frequently. And we will get into it, but I, I think that, I think that there is a bit of a disconnect between what we see Ghostface doing in this movie and how Ghostface is is. Um, uh, and, and this this is stated in the trailer. How Ghostface seems to be tying uh, the killings to that first film. Okay, there's yeah. a lot of that happening in the film in this movie. And then when the motive is revealed for why Ghostface is doing what they're doing, it feels like it is. It's more tied to some of the goofy subplotty stuff that they throw in throughout the film, as opposed to the main thread that we've been following. And so yeah. I think it's a bit of a letdown because you, I wanted more from that, from, from the, the motive and we'll talk about it, but. And I think what I mean, just to clarify what I mean by way too online is I think it's missing the real world aspect of it, which is, you know what? It is a, it isn't a problem. Like people being radicalized on the internet in like these small obscure corners of the internet is a huge issue. What I'm saying is I think it's missing the forest through the trees a little bit and that it's it's so focused on toxic fandom that it's kind of missing that real world element that I like so much about the first one. So that that's kind of where I'm at. So, um, yeah, that is as far as non spoilery thoughts. That's about it. I'm with you. Nothing's ever going to top the first one. And it, it kind of hit me when I saw um, it hit me how old I am in this movie. <laughs> I liked this young cast quite a bit. 
um, but they're very young. <laughs> and when you know what the moment it was, what was and it? I don't know if it was it was when Heather Matarazzo showed up in full mom costume. I know. In this. <laughs> And I was like, like Heather, Heather Matarazzo was like, like, uh, like a teen character actor. Like she popped up yes. in a bunch of like teenage movies. Ghost like when World, I was, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Ghost <laughs> World, uh, the Princess Diaries. She was, yes. she was like, yeah. So it was weird to see her like baking cookies for the cast. Like it was. Just, not only I mean, that, it's yeah. like completely natural for her. Like that's what she is. And I go, oh my god, like man, I'm old. And it, so that's kind of what it hit me. It was almost bittersweet this movie in a way, like. I'm never going to get that feeling that I had with the first scream ever again, probably nope. when I nope. watched it and I need to, and I accepted it and I need to accept it. But yeah, as far as, as far as like rankings go, I am with you. It's, it's, it's solidly in the middle. Yeah. And All that's right. not a, All that's right. not a negative. I, sh- I, sh- I don't think. No, cause this is, this is a movie or this is a series where you, both you and I really like, uh, well, I won't speak for you, but it's a movie. I really like four of these movies now. And then there was one I'm just not crazy about. Yeah. I, um, I think all, all five have their, I think all five are, none of them are bad movies. I just think there's a couple of them that are lesser. So for sure. All right. Are you, so what we're going to do here, turn back now. We're, we're spoilers. Here it is. We're spoilers. Like we're hardcore spoilers from here on out. Yeah. Don't spoil this movie for yourself, by the way. Agreed. I am. I made a joke on our um, Discord a couple. Of, like, I'm so happy that I'm able to log back into my YouTube account <laughs> <laughs> without worrying worried about some YouTuber spoiling this movie like crazy in a thumbnail. Yeah. But I will say, um, do not. If you have somehow avoided spoilers and you're listening to this, go in as fresh as you can, mm-hmm. um, because I think I think it makes it more fun. So what we're saying is don't listen past this point because we're going to go character by character like how we do things. Oh, yeah. We like to do things here. So anybody familiar with our um, Halloween kills? We've done this a couple times. Yeah. But we're going to do is we're going to take every uh, every character pretty much and we're going to. And if we miss one, sorry, but we're going to start. <laughs> There's a lot of characters uh, in the movie. We're going to start and this will let you know. We're going to start with the Woodsboro crew is what I've what I've oh. deemed them. And this okay. is this is pretty much everybody except for the new class of uh, so this is going to be uh, your marley shelton's your heather matarazzo's your uh deputies so let's start real quick like with the like the smallest characters in this movie <laughs> because i know you you texted me and i don't you want to mention it real quick i've got two uh, two um two characters here that i'm going to throw at you right now chester tam is deputy vincent who is the uh he works under sheriff judy hicks he's the one that leaves tara alone in the hospital and we have reggie conquest as deputy farney reggie conquest is a great name by the way excellent name <laughs> uh he's also works under he meets his death in the hospital defending tara so we have these two characters i know you wanted to mention the woodsboro police real quick so have at them willie <laughs> well, terrible at their jobs <laughs> so so <laughs> so so you have to you you have to go into these if you don't go into these movies these kind of movies suspending your disbelief to a certain extent, you will walk away angry and frustrated. Right. I mean, like this is screen five. Okay. Like people are going to make dumb decisions. Isn't that part of the fun though? It is part of the fun. (laughs) It is part of the fun. But I will say the Woodsboro police are really bad at their jobs. Like, like for, for, (laughs) for a town that's experienced, multiple instances of organized violence and killing sprees. And it's like Woodsboro's kind of always been shown as like a, like a sleepy 
California town, right? Like it's not some sort of like, like uh, metropolis. Okay. Like the depth, like the, the, the sheriff is like, Hey, all the cops come to my house right now because there's danger. There's trouble afoot. And like, it takes them. I don't even know how long it took him to get there. We don't really find out, but like, it's insane. Um, we need to, we do need to have a discussion. I think you and I, on how big this town is, because it, it did feel to me like uh, Sydney and Gale. It, like, did they get lost? Where were they? They were driving like the woods for an hour. Yeah. So, like- <laughs> so, okay. So here's, here's my thought. My- the geography of Woodsboro. Exactly. I completely thrown off. <laughs> so having just recently rewatched all of these. Okay. And three of these movies take place in Woodsboro. One, four, yeah. and now, now five. Here's my thoughts on Woodsboro, okay? You know those towns in northern Michigan, and I know you do because you're from northern Michigan. Yes. Where you've got a decent-sized downtown, maybe a small hospital and uh, some shops and one or two decent-sized grocery stores, maybe a, a theater with a few screens. You know, nothing crazy, right? Like, like, But a, a decent, like, three or four blocks worth of of downtown and when and it's always busy and there's always foot traffic and stuff like that. There's always people down there doing stuff. And then residential wise, there might be one or two small neighborhoods like adjacent to the downtown where houses aren't necessarily on top of each other, but it's, it feels more like suburban, like your classic suburban setting, like a Haddonfield, Illinois, right? Where your next door neighbors are, are with, within a stone's throw. And then I think, Woodsboro, after you you drive out of that that kind of uh, downtown adjacent suburban area, then you get in the hills, and then you've got like the rich folks uh, who have like the like the the mocker house who live out in the hills who are a bit of a hike to get to. Okay, that's the vibe I get. So it's it's it the the geography is there's a lot of like uh, yeah the major house. The Mocker House itself, that's a good point, because the Mocker House is a party house. Yes, and, and, and Sydney's you, house in the first movie is, is out in the hills, too. It's, like, out secluded. Uh, it's it's probably her, her, her dad made – I don't know what he did for a living, but he traveled for business, right? We know that. And so he could afford a bigger house, perhaps. Same with Drew Barrymore's yeah. character with Casey. She she lived out in the hills. So, like, there are and some Anybody more- who's been to a high school party knows that you want a house that's out – out, yes. out of town, away from like you want a house that the cops know is going to have a party in it, but they don't want to go out there to mess with it until they have to. Because it's it's just a pain to get out there. <laughs> it's just right. a pain in the yeah. ass, or they're just bad at their yeah. jobs, like the Woodsboro cops. <laughs> right. My only issue, though, still that they still have, even if we're if even if we're trying to break down the the geography of Woodsboro. Yes. My issue still is that like. Uh, Judy's house is in one of those more suburban-y type, like, houses close to each other areas, right? So if we're going by our logic, it's not terribly far from the downtown hub, I would think, based on what we see of her house. It's not a secluded house. It's on a block with a string of houses on it, right? It feels very Midwestern U.S., even if it's California. And when she's driving, she seems to be getting closer to town when she pulls that U-turn. Exactly. So, like, where is this hospital, is the hospital out in the it hills? Like, it seems like poor city planning to have a hospital that far away from the rest of the, like the main hub of the city. It seems weird. <laughs> it seems weird. So I'm just going to go ahead and, 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 and I'm going to throw it out and just say that maybe but you know what? The, the town where I'm from, yeah. I just, it's, you know, it's not that far from 
downtown now now that I think about it. But it is not like it is not dead center downtown the hospital because there is a hospital where I'm from. But it it is a bit of a drive, but it's so, not as far as what this would be. Yeah, you're right. I mean, in the amount of time it takes, so like she's like two or three minutes from her house when she calls all the cops, right? Yeah. Well, and we'll get into her, but like she gets to her house, she gets killed. Her son has a has the time to like take a shower and like prepare the dinner table, right? A long shower at that. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, he's a teenage boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it feels like a certain part of the shower may have been cut out. Yeah, he's, it was a, that long. Yes. he's a repressed teenage boy. That's let's you know, um, but you know, he like like it just I don't know. So here's my here's my uh, here's my head cannon. Are you ready for it? Yes. Judy seems like a good mom. Right, maybe overbearing, for sure. but she seems for like sure. a good person and a good mom. But if we look at her in Scream Four and look at her now as the sheriff in Scream Five, she might not be the best, the, like the most enjoyable person to work for, right? Like she might be kind, like as a boss, she's probably kind of annoying. She's she seems like a micromanager, exactly. So maybe these guys are like, all right, Judy, yeah, we'll get out there, sure. And they're kind of like she's being an alarmist again. Here we go, and they're just kind of taking their time because she's got. I mean, her she's got her son carrying a taser, and like, and this doesn't seem like she's just doing this just because there's a killer out there. If she was that overbearing, she wouldn't be heading out for Chinese food while her kid is a potential target for Ghostface. Come on, come on, Judy. So, so uh, I'm thinking that the cops didn't take it as seriously as they should have. That's my thought process. Let's move on then. If sure. you're done with the police, uh, yeah, they're they're, they're goofballs. <laughs> Let's move on to Judy because I think uh, Judy sure. is now she's now the sheriff of Woodsboro, yeah. Um, and of course yep. she has her son Wes, who we meet. Yes. Um, I love the name Wes. Love that they were able to incorporate uh, Wes in in the, in the yeah the yeah, and we'll we'll get into Wes here in a second. Yeah. So uh, she dies defending her son. What did you think? of Judy in this movie. Of course she is Marley Shelton returning from scream for the yeah. character and the actress. So what did you think of Judy in this movie outside of what we've already covered with, with her being um, a bit, a bit of a, a helicopter parent, if you will. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a, so she's kind of a jerk to Sam, like, like a big jerk. And we don't know the history of how, just how much crap Sam got into when she was in Woodsboro. So Judy might have a very good reason for not being a huge fan of hers. Right. Beyond just the fact that Sam's parentage is not exactly uh, desirable. Um, Judy seems like kind of a jerk to her and probably doesn't want her around her kid. And I get it. Um, There's a bit of a pivot here. Because if you look at Judy in Scream 4, she does not seem like the kind of person who has a kid at home. Like, she's she's very much a red herring in Scream 4. Like, if you rewatch that movie, like, it's hilarious how, like, how much they try to drive home. Like, Judy's probably the killer. Like... Uh, they almost make her seem weirdly fanatical about Sydney. Like in a couple scenes, it's really uncomfortable. But so they pivot a bit here and they bring her back. And I, I applaud them for bringing her back. I, don't, I think they could have just ignored. Uh, they basically ignore the events of Screams two through four anyway. I mean, you could you could almost go from watching Scream one to this movie and not lose anything, um, which well, is fine. Maybe kind oh, of. We'll talk, I mean, we'll talk. We'll talk about three a little bit later. So, because mm. there is something in three that is maybe heavy here. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm wondering Sydney. if we know, if I know. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll get okay. there. Um, But, uh, so I, th- I applaud them for even bringing, you did not have to bring back Judy, right? 
Um, but I think it was smart because I think you bring back a character, you automatically have some knowledge or memory of the character. Um, and so when she is killed, there's a little bit more of a hit, a punch from it, from it because you're like, okay, this is technically a legacy character, right? This is, it's not certainly not a Dewey or a, a Gale or a Sydney, but still she's survived one of these movies. And so it's, it's, it's like losing, it's the equivalent essentially of losing a Randy. I mean, obviously we love Randy more than we love Judy, but, um, but uh, you do have that hit of like, oh, okay, all right, we're we're up in the stakes a little bit here because we're willing to kill a character that popped up in the previous film. Okay, that's fair. And you do, I think she just she seems like a good person, and she seems like a good mom. And there's a bit of a wholesomeness between her, the scene she shares with Wes, her son. There's just a wholesomeness there, and I love, I love like he's like he's like setting out the plates for them for dinner. Like it's kind of sweet. And uh, it feels like you, he's a good like, boy. He seems like a good boy. Yeah, and there's a there, there's a sweetness there, and and she's like, and her begging and pleading with Ghostface on the phone, like, please don't hurt him. He's a good boy. It's very sad. Um, and that's what I was talking about earlier. Is like this is where we get to some of that the, the kills being nasty, not just in the sense of blood and guts, in the sense of th- there being an emotional gut punch. Because she's like, I don't want her to die. Like. You know, and, and 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 she's killed like I mean moments before she reaches the front door, right? And uh, it's brutal. I mean, it's, oh man, it's, it is. It, it is. It, I kind of love that about that. This too is. It is in broad daylight too, dude. It is. And that's what makes it scarier. It's sudden, and it's like right outside of her own house, like the place you she you should be safe, right? And I I liked so I like that, and I. I think a part of me like thinks like, Oh, maybe it's not believable, but it kind of is like, it's a quiet town. It's the middle of the day. Nobody is paying attention. Like I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. If like someone gets killed a couple houses down from me in the middle of the day, I'm not paying attention. Like I'm not going to see it. Until- I was, yeah. So, so once again, if worse comes to worse, it's another, that is exactly what I was talking about with like suspend your disbelief because, yeah. because, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's sit here and like, we, Let's just say, okay, this is unrealistic and somebody would notice and stuff. Like, just you have to let that shit go a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I, I bought it in the moment and I, I still am okay with it. I, I think that uh, there's a suddenness to her hitting that front porch and immediately getting hit with the yes, knife. That's what I meant. And, and it was and like, you- oh my God. Like, I just didn't. I thought she was going to get home and. Uh, Wes, her son would already be killed or something, you know, or, or be missing or something. Um, I didn't expect the suddenness and the rawness of this daytime, broad daylight front yard murder. <laughs> um, and, and, and that, that added to the danger of it too, to me. Um, anytime you can, I think that's what the original Halloween does so well is that a lot of the, not the violence that happens in the film, but a lot of the scares that happen in that original Halloween and a lot of the stalking and the spooky Michael Myers behind a hedge and all that stuff is all broad daylight. And that makes it scarier because you're supposed to feel safe during the day, right? Um, there's a reason why they call it things that go bump in the night. <laughs> uh, right. You know, so it, it that added the danger. And I think it goes back to what you said, too, about making that first movie so white bread, which might not have been intentional. But, like, we should feel safe in suburban America, right? We should we just certainly feel safe in suburban America in our own front yards where we do our gardening and where we like, yes. you know, walk our dogs and then boom, here you go. So I thought Judy's death hit 
hit hard. Even if I'm not like, like I don't adore that character by any means. I, it hit hard and I felt for her because she, you could tell, I, I think Marley Shelton played it in such a way where like you could tell as a, from a, from a parent perspective, right. You could tell how desperate she was to get home in time to save her kid. So it worked for me. I like the, I like that the entire sequence and I, I'm sure we'll get into Wes here at some point, but the entire sequence with her and uh, her son really really just a knockout sequence i thought yeah i will um a couple of my thoughts on judy real quick and then we'll move on yeah i am curious to know what the directors and writers they seem to they acknowledge that scream 4 exists and i like that even when i don't like a movie in a series i like when i like when the next movie or when a movie acknowledges that it exists, that it's canon, (laughs) that it is something that happened. I'm curious to see what they think of it though, because for me, for whatever reason, it feels like they don't like scream Four very much. And it it almost feels like the Marley Shelton kill is, is like a tip of uh, like a tip off to that feeling. Yeah. Um, I do think, like you mentioned, I think the sequence with her, uh, her death, I think this and the, in the Dewey kill are the strongest sequences in the movie. Yeah. I, I don't, it's a coin flip right now between which one I think is, I kind of like this one though, but it, it ties into the West stuff. Um, so we'll talk about that later. Yeah. She's good. I think she helps all the time. Uh, she's like a wine mom. She's like, uh, I like, to, I like to unwind after a long day of annoying my coworkers with some wine. <laughs> I love that they did call back to her lemon squares. Yes, I was going to say that th- there are a lot of fun Easter eggs in this movie. Some that you would yep. never see or hear. And, and you sent me an article earlier about some really cool stuff that you would never know uh, until they told you. But uh, the lemon squares is one of those fun Easter eggs that I really, really like that attention to detail. Um that's the right kind of fan exactly. service, yep. right? It doesn't affect yes. the film. It won't if it's, if this is your first Scream movie or you're not a diehard fan of the Scream movies, it doesn't matter. You don't need to know that. But like, it, it is fun stuff to see things like that. Um, and it rewards... I think it's rewarding for people who have followed the franchise and who know it you know, front to back. The Lemon Squares thing was really cute. And there's a willful ignorance to some of the uh, the Woodsboro townies that I like. So that's the last thing I wanted to mention on you. Yeah. Okay. So I, we mentioned her a little bit earlier. We've got two more in the Woodsboro crew, and then we're going to move on to the big guns. But I wanted, I wanted to talk a little bit about Heather Matarazzo as Martha Meek, because she's yeah. another kind of quote-unquote legacy character. She's the sister of Randy Meek. She's the mother of Chad and Mindy, who we will talk about later. Mm-hmm. She makes a, a brief cameo in this. Uh, she brings in some snacks to the kids as they're uh, doing the big, uh, <laughs> the, the big recall. Rule, yeah, the, the rules the big, uh, break down. Yeah, an important scene in any screen movie. What did you uh, did you like? See, I like Martha Meeks. I always have, um, and I liked her. I liked her bit in Scream Three. So, what did you think of uh, Heather Matarazzo as Martha Meeks in this one? Seeing her again, loved seeing her back. Love Mar- uh, love love Martha. Um, love Heather Matarazzo. Uh, loved seeing that there was a. Um, and it's totally fits the character that there was a, a Randy Meeks memorial home theater system like <laughs> that ruled. And it was a dorky, like high school picture of, of Jamie Kennedy. And I love that so much. <laughs> it was so good. I, yeah, yeah. I I, it's amazing. I think his ashes are on the, there's like an urn on the, uh, on the mantle too. Uh, not the only urn. I don't know if you noticed the other one in the, in the film. Uh, did you notice in, well, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, 
but just, just the, the tribute to Randy. We are foreshadowing like crazy in this I know. episode, what we're going to talk about later, because now I'm on the edge of my seat, because I did us, not catch the second <laughs> Watch us not get back to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for, we will forever be keeping people in, in the dark. You um, remember it, because I don't know who you're talking about. I will, don't it. worry. Um, but uh, that was really fun. I love any callback to Randy. And Martha's great. I love, like I said, I love Hedda Marazzo. I thought the scene was fun. I love her, like, kind of being psyched out that there's, like, it, it's kind of funny that she's geeking out about this. Like, like she seems like, she was super eccentric seeming in that, in, in her performance in Scream 3, so it fits that she's, like, kind of the, the goofball weird mom that, like, like, you go to visit, like, uh, Chad and Mindy and you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but you kind of think she's cool, too. You know what I mean? She's that mom. Um, yes. Like, she probably overstays her welcome, but when she's around, you're kind of like, she's just kind of fun. This is neat. Um, no, it's great. And she made this feel like, and I, and I mean this as a compliment, she, her her appearance and the mention of another character and, the and of course, the return of Judy made this feel like the Fast and the Furious revival of Scream movies. Does that make sense to you? Do you want me to so elaborate? I- yeah, elaborate, because I think I know where you're going, but I want you to explain it for the listeners, too, sure. who maybe aren't as familiar in Fast lore as well. Of are. course. So, Fast and the Furious, uh, despite what people may or may not feel, including myself and you, about Too Fast, Too Furious, and Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, and the fourth Fast and the Furious movie, that franchise really revived itself around Fast Five. And a big part of the reason for that is because they decided to really, really draw on the lore and the canon of previous movies and bring it all together. So instead of, like you said, ignoring Too Fast, Too Furious, which was not terribly successful in terms of uh, fan response, I don't think box office super successful either. Um, And same with uh, Tokyo Drift. They decided to embrace the lineage of of that film franchise and just bring back like Tyrese from Fast and the Furious 2 and bring back uh, characters from, from movies that like were not terribly well revered at the time. Um, and, and so this- here's the thing. I, I want to elaborate real quick, a quick side note, because it, it reminded me of something here. Here's the thing is like Scream 4 has, has got a following now. I don't know if Scream 3 has, but Scream 4 has like a, a group of fans yes, that like yes, it and, love, yes. and love it and defend it. And there's this Scream 3 idea- does too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this, I, it's not like a quote, but there's this thing they say, I heard one time that says everybody's, uh, every song on an album is somebody's favorite exactly. song. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So, and that's totally like when you have a franchise, that has gone on five parts. Uh, somebody is going to be like too fast is going to be their favorite movie. Right. It might not be the, the, me. Be, the it, same here. It might not be uh, the majority, but you know, it's, somebody's favorite so i love 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 martha meeks popping up uh because it it does fit into the requel thing and the tying it the legacy character thing but it also feels like that fast and the furious thing where now i feel like we can see anybody pop up now mind you there's not a lot of survivors from (laughs) from the previous movies but there is zero reason to think we couldn't see joel now from scream 2 pop up Oh, and I might, would be, I would explode. Right. And it might be silly and it might be, um, you might have to suspend your disbelief for why this guy would be back, but who cares? I'd be welcoming of that. Maybe we see Joshua Jackson from Scream 2 from the film class pop up. Why not? You think they get SMG back? What is Dwayne Martin up to who played Joel? I don't know. I'm looking right now. I'm uh, looking right now. Don't worry. <laughs> maybe you could get, uh, you know, uh, Rebecca Gayhart and Portia de Rossi back as the, 
the uh, sorority sisters from Scream 2. Maybe you could get back uh, – you could bring back Roger Corman. Or is Roger Corman still alive? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, I can't remember. Um, but no. But you can bring back some of these characters that that and and create. I, I don't want to call it a shared universe because it shouldn't be. It, it it is the same universe, but like almost make it a shared universe type thing where like you you are able to to have these fun tiebacks to even some of the more maligned movies in the series. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of fan outcry, and I'll mention it now. A lot of fan outcry for a certain character from Scream Four to come back, Kirby. Uh, Kirby. And yeah, we should have. I should have mentioned that during the. I meant to mention that during sure. the uh, Marley Shelton part. Well, there is a. There is an Easter egg in the movie. There are two regarding her. There are two because I know the bloody disgusting. There's a bloody disgusting article that mentions her. Correct. Correct. She, uh, when when um, when Richie is looking at his laptop, he spends most of his most of the movie on Netflix, um, on his laptop, which is really funny to me. Um, but <laughs> He, uh, he's scrolling. He's watching. He's watching a Stab Eight review, and which also looks rad. I'd watch that movie. Um, he's watching a Stab. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so sweet. Oh, shout out to the uh, I, to next to you. This shout out to the Dead Meat guy, the YouTube and Dude. his wife who got in this movie. That's awesome. So sweet. I'm so happy I think for Dead them. Dead Meat guy is uh, from around here. That's so um, rad. Yeah, uh, so I, I, I love sleeveless ghosts, buff sleeveless ghost face, flamethrowering people with a chrome mask. I would and watch that. Did you that read sequel. whose voice that was? It was Matthew Lillard. It was Matthew Lillard. Which What's rules? his line? Uh, I'm going to light you up or something like that. Yeah. It's <laughs> Let's so get lit. <laughs> Let's get lit. That's what it was. So sweet. Um, anyway, if we meet him at, 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 a, at a convention at some point, I'll have to, we'll have to bring that up with him. Matthew Lillard? Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably yeah. ask him. I'll yeah. probably ask him about Scooby Doo. Just uh, strictly Scooby Doo questions. Yeah, but, for yeah. sure. Well, why not? Um, anyway, but but um, but there is a mention in that. There's a, there's a YouTube video on like the the next up or the the suggested videos. That's like interview with Woodsboro survivor Kirby Reed, and it's a little picture of um, of Hayden Panettiere. Um, there is a, so so. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about with the, with the characters you can bring back. Like, like four is not largely considered the best. It, often people consider it on the lower end, if not the worst. But I think a lot of folks like Kirby, right? And a lot of folks do, have been yes. wondering. I, she's she's the one teen character in that movie that I legitimately like. Um, I think she's great. But um, so you could bring her back potentially. Um, why not? And there, the other Easter egg I should mention. I'm gonna. I'm going to mention it now because I'll forget and then we'll be hang- leaving people hanging is uh, there's a scene when Dewey is flipping through his phone, his contacts to uh, text Gail to let her know that. And I love that scene where he texts her and he says, just says ghost faces back. <laughs> Don't come here. <laughs> and then he sends the emoji as well. It's so good. <laughs> it's so Dewey. Um, but when he's flipping through his contacts uh, on recent calls, Kirby is one of the recent calls. Nice. Okay. So kind of neat, kind of neat, like that he's been in contact with her. He probably texted her at some point too, like, "Hey, don't <laughs> stay away." Um, if you were thinking about coming back to town anytime soon, don't do it. All right. I so, love that stuff. I love Martha. Yeah. Sorry. No, we're good. Let's let's finish out this group with yes. Kyle Gallner as Vince Schneider. Is it Vince Van- or Vinny? Vince. Call him Vinny. Vince Schneider. Okay. He's the ex-boyfriend of Liv, one of our uh, one of our members of the new class. He's a yeah. mysterious character. He's a uh, let's face it, he's a real he's a real scuzzball. <laughs> yeah, I love him. I love him. He's the nephew of uh, Sumacher. I like that. He, he gets killed really early. Um, he is basically exists so they could kill a mocker, right? Okay. Kind of his deal. K- 
can I? <sighs> I love Vince. I think Vince is a very underrated character, and it seems like, if I recall from the trailer, there there's stuff that's not in the movie. So it seems like Vince may have played a bigger role. Yeah, it film, seems but... that way. But I don't. You know, I love his kill. I think it's fantastic. Um, I, I just the, the quickness of it and the brutality of it. It's just and we get he's the one that gives done. us the red red right hand as well. Oh, uh, dude, plays. that that red that red that his death scene that really yeah. really rules. Um. Here's what I will say. I'm cool with him being a mocker. I, I think that's a fun way to tie that back in. We will. I hate to do wishful thinking, Tim. I hate to do this whole like. I think they should have done this instead of that, right? But if I'm being honest with myself and honest with our listeners, I was really, really hoping that there was going to be a reveal that. Ghostface in this movie was in some way related to Stu. And the reason why I say that is because I feel like there's some of this st- that there are hints towards that peppered into this movie. Um, straight out from the first phone call with Tara, there there is a question that she's asked who is the killer in Stab. And of course she says uh, Billy Loomis, right? And the you know, Ghostface says wrong. It's Stu Mocker, and I immediately went, "Oh shit!" There's going to be a Stu connection here to what's going on because somebody that's involved with Ghostface, whether it's a Ghostface or the Ghostface, is going to be pissed because their older brother, cousin, whatever, dad, who knows, whatever, isn't getting the credit that they are due. And being overshadowed by Billy, by the, by the specter of Billy Loomis, and I was like, the, I, I was waiting. The, uh, we can talk spoilers freely now, right? Absolutely. I was waiting for for that Richie moment, for him to go. For I was waiting for him at the end, for them to get into their their tirade about their motive, and I was waiting for him to pull the rug out an extra time and say, "You want to know why I'm really doing it?" Boom. Because Stu is my big brother, and I'm tired of hearing about effing Billy Loomis, your dad, and like, uh, dude, I would have that. that uh, I I yeah. hate to do this. I hate to do this. What it should have could have. I don't like doing no, this. When we talk about the motive, I think we'll get into it. Was missing. We talked a little bit about how it, it's <sighs> it's so focused on that toxic fandom aspect that I think it's missing a personal connection in a lot of ways or a personal not connection but a personal reason yes, for doing, yes. like yeah, yeah. a personal side yeah. to this motive where it's so driven by that toxic fandom element that i think it misses that human element yes well. the entire motive is is buried in the meta there's no revenge there's no personal stakes in the motive and that that and the, yeah, that, and the first three movies go out of their way to yes. do that. Four yep. a little less so, but one, two, three. Three goes to the point of ridiculousness. But yeah, yeah, um, where it's like a like a cartoon, but still, at least there's that personal tie. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, but but no, Vince is fun to watch, man. I, I mean, he's not on screen a lot, but he is. Uh, everybody's known somebody that is a Vince, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been to a lot of uh, for, for whatever reason. Like anytime I go to a bowling alley. Yeah, there's a couple sure. Vinces. There's yep. a couple Vinces, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, he has a line too in this movie, and I wish I remembered it, but it cracked me up. Uh, it just it made me laugh really hard. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> everybody watches I'll get it. Or someone oh, someone help me out here. But uh Cal Galner is very good in this. So he's he's very good at playing a, a skeezy townie. He is. That's definitely a setup for a possible sequel killer though, right? Like the the mention that like Stu had a sister and now her sister's son is dead. Maybe there's something there, right? Like you could you could go there. Yeah, I think so, and I think we'll get into I'll get we'll get into the future here. Yeah, to what we because we're about to go to we're done with we're done with the side characters. We're about to get into the new class. Are you ready? Yes, let's do these it. Are, these are the kids. These are anybody who's not the legacy, the main trio, and then I've left out the killers here. So let's dive right into this. Sonia Ben Amar, Amar as Liv McKenzie. Liv is the girlfriend of Chad Meeks Martin. Yes, an ex girlfriend of Vince, who we just talked about. She is. She's kind of the red herring. Um, yeah, a one bit. of them. Yeah. Um, Perhaps she, the least uh, developed of the new cast, certainly. I think so, too. She gets, she gets some fun stuff toward the end. She's eventually murdered. Um, She's she shot dies. in the shot. Uh, during a reveal, which, by the way, that reveal ruled. Uh, regardless yeah. of how we feel about the motive, that, that reveal was like, what? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, what did you think of Liv overall, though? I don't know. I, I you know, I, I'm neither here nor there. With I, I think the performance is fine. I think she does have some fun stuff to do towards the end with the party sequence at the Mocker House. Um, I mean, who she, would you liken her to from the original? From the original, uh, you see, I think that the obvious choice is to jump to Tatum, but I don't think she's yeah. like Tatum. Um, I don't think there's enough. Tatum had a ton of character, and Tatum felt re- like Liv just feel to me. It, and it's nothing wrong with the actress, the performance. Uh, Liv feels to me like like she feels like we need an extra red herring slash body count character. I mean, if I'm being honest, I you know, there's nothing wrong with the she, character, but yeah, she doesn't really click for me until no. the end. I think she has a couple of fun uh, fun moments <clears throat> toward the end. Some of the playing, like, yeah, the throat slit line, and yep. where she uh, that's when I talked about the um the whodunit aspect that is the stuff i liked i like the kids blaming each other like throughout the movie i liked i liked that stuff a lot i just i just thought it was fun oh yeah it was done in a playful way too and it worked i think too especially towards that third act where like there's a couple of moments the the the, the moment between live and mindy when mindy's sitting on the couch like the moment you were talking about the throat slit thing like i immediately i I, like in that moment i knew we were getting close to the reveal right because we're like the final act the house party's happening we're gonna find out who the killer is here soon i thought that moment i'm like one of these two is gonna reveal themselves and then same with the basement moment between um uh, mindy and amber where they're going down to get a beer from the fridge in the basement i thought okay this is it one of them is gonna i thought for a second both of them were gonna reveal themselves as like uh (laughs) that scene is a ton of fun the the whole uh, the third act is really as i think back out of it it's it's a lot of fun a lot of fun and and it's fun in a way that uh, like these characters know what you're not supposed to do and a lot of the times they still do stuff anyway because that's that's what human beings would do in this thing you can't just stop like doing everything (laughs) yeah these are these are 17 and 18 year old kids are stupid right (laughs) like 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 i hate to say it but it's true yes I was dumb. Um, so yeah, but she's a she's what I, she's a good example of what I'm talking about. Where I, like I wanted to see a little bit more of the kids, but we do spend quite a bit of time. But um, yeah, yeah. Anything else on Liv? Nope, no issues with Liv. Let's talk about the Martin twins next. Let's start with Mindy. Mindy, she's the yeah. twin sister of Chad. She's the daughter of uh, Martha. She's the niece of Randy. She is. She's the nerdy of the nerdier of the two. 
Um, she's, yeah, but she's, she's still really cool. <laughs> she's still really cool, though. That's the difference between her and Randy. Randy's kind of a dweeb. Uh, she's, fun, uh, she's fun in that way that uh, 21 Jump Street does a good job of kind of lampooning and making fun of where, like, <laughs> the nerds are the cool ones now. The nerds are the ones, that are, like, uh, getting laid all the time. <laughs> I was going to say, like, she gets laid. Like, good for her. Um, no, I like Mindy a lot. Um, I, at first, I was like, oh, God, they're trying to do a Randy thing. And, like... I have such a soft spot for the Randy character, even if the Randy character is kind of obnoxious by today's standards. I have such a soft spot for that character because I related to a lot of what that character did in that first movie. That, like, anytime they try to throw another Randy type, and they did this in 4 too, um, a Randy type or a Randy substitute, I go, I immediately kind of reject it. But as this, as this movie went on, I was like, God, she's so charismatic and so fun. And such a smart ass and so different and such her own thing from Randy while also kind of paying tribute to that. I really liked Mindy. I am so happy she made it through. Like I, that's one of my biggest gripes with four is like the cynicism of four coupled with the fact that they just, they like Wes isn't just like burying an entire generation of, of people. He's like, peeing on the grave afterwards like there's no one left over to pop through minus judy who technically is of nev's generation right right um so i really really wanted this movie to have not just for sequel potential because it's there now but also just because i think that it's i felt like four was just too cynical i was really happy that mindy was one of the ones to make it out i thought it was really cool so i like mindy a lot a couple of uh a couple of fun moments that i wanted to yeah I think she, I think uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown, I think this is, uh, this might be my favorite performances of the kids. There's one we'll get into a little bit too, but I really, she does a very good job of delivering that meta stuff, just like Jamie Kennedy does Mm -hmm. in the original. And I think she, uh, she, she makes it go down a little easier. I also, she's, you mentioned she's the Randy of the movie in some ways, but I loved the end of the final moments where she's screaming like to turn around and then she actually does turn around. I love it so much, dude. <laughs> I love it so much. I thought that was, uh, and I'm with you. I'm, I'm glad that she lived And I know this, this movie lets a couple characters live, but what I liked about it is in, she's not a one-to-one Randy, but what I like about this movie is nobody's really a one-to-one like no. kind of. Yep, it's not one-to-one with the original movie, so I like that too. So Mason Gooding as Chad Meeks Martin, he's uh, he's the brother of Mindy, uh, son of Martha, nephew of Randy. He, he also survives. Uh, yeah. Real-life real life son of Cuba Gooding Jr.? I, I found that out like hours before seeing the movie, I think. so. It's what totally you, uh, you can totally see it after you know it too. He's kind of the jock um, half of this, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chad is my favorite of the new cast. I love Chad. I wish we got to spend more time with him. I think he rules. Here's the reason why. I love lovable, goofy jock characters. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yes, I love them because... (laughs) I love unlovable ones, too. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. But I love Chad because he is... He knows exactly who he is. Um, And he's not afraid to, like like admit that he's like the the douchey jock but he hangs out with all these other kids who like aren't douchey jocks like there's kind of a melting pot of kids that seem to be hanging out together like he's buddies with Wes who's kind of more of a, like a, like a 
uh, not a nerd, but like like a mama's boy, like kind of like overly careful and and uh, cautious and stuff. He hangs out with his twin sister, who is like a uh, film freak. Uh, he hang like he just he seems like like a good guy, even though he's kind of the douchey jock. He just likes to like drink and have sex. Like it just and and he's good at it because he's <laughs> he's buff and good looking and like. He kind of rules. I love the scene with him and Liv where he's like, ah, it's like, she's like, you want to go upstairs? He's like, nah, I don't think so, though. Like, like, <laughs> I love that because like in so many of these movies, the dumb jock would be like, yeah, let's go, baby. Or like he'd be the one that was like trying to push for it. But in this, he's yeah. like, I don't know. Like not a great call. You could, you could murder me. Like, I, yeah, good for him for putting his life above, like his potential death above. Uh, Getting some. Getting some. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure as a teenager I would have been able to do this. I, I'm not sure either, but I, good for Chad. Um, and I, uh, I was not a I was not a handsome jock like Chad. Yeah, so, right. Maybe um, that's why. <laughs> but uh, Chad gets to live. Love that too. Love that he made it through. I love that the both of Meeks twins make it through. Because now we've got not only do we have two returning characters who I enjoyed their, their time on screen in this that we can expand on in a sequel, but they're brother and sister. So there's a connection there. And there's a relationship there that we never even were able to get necessarily with uh, the original trio moving forward. So the stakes are even raised moving into whatever the next screen movie is, because not only are they friends, they're they're siblings. And and obviously, if one of them is is in danger or is killed in the next film, it'll be even more of a gut punch. Um, Chad, I want to say before we move on from Chad, Chad's sequence with the uh, Find My Family app rules Love yeah i wonder so much yeah i want to talk about that too yep dude it, it that killed and it, it was was it it wasn't an aliens ripoff through and through even the sound i think was the motion scanner from aliens yes did it work as well as any other time that somebody's ripped that off yes it was super awesome there was a lady behind nikki and i in the theater who was super into this movie and like in the best way and very vocal about it and she goes throw the phone and then nikki no, uh, no nikki nikki first she goes she goes why isn't he throwing the phone and then the lady behind us goes, throw the damn phone! And then he threw it. And I'm like, see, the writers know what's up. They, they're not stupid. Well, and so that's the thing. So that find a friend thing is a little bit contrived in some ways in the end. But what I like about it, though, is they set it up in the first act. Love it. I, yep. will, I will forgive. I will, I'm very forgiving when it comes to something that you set, you go out of your way to set up early yep. in the film that you pay off later. If and it's a Chekhov's gun thing, then or whatever that is, then yeah. Yeah. Yep, I, I am very forgiving of that. And then one other thing I wanted to mention with Chad before we move on. He is a Fast and Furious fan. We've talked a little bit about Fast and Furious because he says he's about to show him, and he points to the old guns, about to show him Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, it's so sweet. Yeah, Chad rules. Chad, he also sticks up for his friends, too. Like, he's just a, he seems like a good – like, all these kids seem like decent people, which I like. Like, yeah, like I like that, too. Like, like most of the kids in Scream 4 were kind of assholes. Most of the characters in Scream 3 were all kind of assholes. I mean, they were Hollywood types, so I guess that's kind of okay. But Scream 4, like, I don't know. Like, they just uh, – they just all seem like narcissistic douches. And this one, they, they all seem like they generally, generally like, are decent people. I, I seriously um, – well, other than the killers, obviously. But yeah, 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 yeah. I liked all of these kids. That's – you're right. That's what – that was what was nice. Because I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, and I don't want to – I don't want to bash anybody, any actor in particular. Uh, yeah. But some of the performances were spotty in this movie for me. And sure. I think they were like, they're younger actors. And There's one in particular that shouldn't be spotty that I, in my opinion was, I don't even know if I want to take yeah, into it. 
Um, no, we can, we can, because yeah, I think okay. we're thinking of the same person. Sure. But you know what? All of them, I, I actually, I, like, they're likable presences, and the yeah. characters are all likable. So at the end of the day, I, I liked this group. I also think it's tough, too, comparing them against, the, you said lightning in a bottle earlier, and that's a perfect way to describe Scream, but that's yeah. also a perfect way to describe that cast at the time. Agreed. Because yep. that cast is lightning in a bottle, and that is a, a an incredibly talented group to compare. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I I do want to say real quick, uh, Chad giving the thumbs up at the end was really cool, um, <laughs> because it reminded me of the Dewey stretcher scene at the end of. If he moves forward, being uh, not the new Dewey, because there there is no new Dewey, um, but the equivalent of like the the uh, the good guy who's looking out for his friends in the way that Dewey did. Like I'm cool with that. I I could see Chad being that guy moving forward. One of these one of these twins is gonna die though, and I oh I know it's gonna be tough. I All right, know. let's move on though. Uh, Dylan Minnette as Wes Hicks. Jesus Christ, Judy dude! <laughs> yeah, go off on Wes. Uh, Wes Jesus is Christ. oh wait, he's Judy Hicks' son. Yeah, we talked about him a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So Wes seems like a good kid. He just uh, I like Dylan Minnette a lot. I think he's really really good. Like I think he's one of the best young actors in the film. Um, I think it's it works that he is killed earlier than anybody else. He's like one of the early kills because I think he's one of the bigger star. I don't, I don't follow any of these actors necessarily, but like he's a pretty decent sized star. He was on Thirteen Reasons Why, which is a huge Netflix show. Um, I remember him as uh, Jack's son in the final season of Lost. I don't know if you remember that. Um, he's the kid from Goosebumps. He is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I'm a. I'm, I think he's really good. Like really, really good. And uh, his, his death is, like, brutal, dude. Like, really. He's the uh, knife through the cheek, right? Through the throat. Oh, he's the like, throat. Oh, yeah, 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 through, yeah, 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 yeah. through the side of the throat. That's what I was dude, thinking Dude, yeah. it's hard to watch. Like, I, I'm not, like, this stuff doesn't get to me. I mean, we, you and I have watched everything there is to watch practically. I mean, we, we you know, it's, it's uh, we've seen the goriest of the gory and the nastiest of the nasty more or less and but there's always something there's so a sudden death in these slasher movies which they usually are like an axe to the head or a uh a kevin bacon you know arrowhead through the neck and stuff like that like there's a suddenness and an abruptness and a a punchline quality uh people have always compared horror and and comedy in that way right that there's an anticipation and a build and a build and a build and then boom punchline and in slasher movies the punchline is is the kill right so it's a sudden uh release of the tension that's been built up since then the kills in movies in general not just slasher movies that always get me that make me uncomfortable and wince and le- like i legitimately looked away for a second on this one if i'm i, I totally looked away for a second the kills that get me are the slow ones. <laughs> there's a, there's a, and maybe it's just me. Maybe I just have a, a, a like a, it just freaks me out. Um, the one I always think of is <laughs> the movie Saving Private Ryan. And I think I know exactly, if you probably know exactly what I'm talking about, the, the scene in, in Saving Private Ryan, um, where uh, the, one of the, the characters in Tom Hanks, uh, battalion or platoon has a knife like slowly mm-hmm. like really slowly plunge through his 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 chest and it's like brutal to watch it's not gory it's not you know what i mean but like it's hard to watch because it's the slowness and like the weird intimacy of 
of well, of it's, it. It's it's like knowing you're gonna die. Yes, yes. And it's and, it's not like sudden where it's like boom. It's kind of it kind of it's kind of the age old question of like, how do you want to die? Do you want to like slowly die or do you want to just like do you want make it quick? Go quick. Yes. Exactly. And that this scene is is like that for me because it's like this 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 damn kid is fighting it. Like you go through all these fun fun false. Uh, jump scare things, which I thought was super clever and great, and perfectly scream with all the door shuts, where he's shutting all these cabinet I, doors and stuff. Real quick, that's something I wanted to talk about. Real quick, so sure, look, yeah. that that's the thing that might put that as my favorite sequence in the movie. Oh. That that feels like radio silence. Like, like that feels like them kind of showing off a little bit because they they know what you're thinking. They're playing with expectations, and and I bought each and every one. Like Everyone. I was locked into the head fakes there. Yes, dude, wasn't it great? Uh, just just I was lost in it. Yep, I was lost in it, and uh, you know, but man, when he, he's he's struggling against the, against Ghostface, and it's just he, I think he says "fuck you" at one point, and you like you know he knows he's done, like he's lost, and it's it's rough, man. Like it is a gnarly, gnarly scene, and it's difficult to watch, but it but it's so good because it should be difficult to watch, right? That's what separates Scream from your your usual slasher franchise or slasher movie is that you should you should not enjoy watching these people be killed you should enjoy the movie and enjoy the the thrill and the the fun and the meta element and the whodunit element and the comedy and the 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 teenage banter but like when the kids get killed it shouldn't be an enjoyable experience um you know even the silliest of scream one kills which I would say would probably be Tatum's kill in the garage door. Even that's not enjoyable to watch because you like Tatum, right? Uh, you don't want her to die, and you you know it's it's hard to watch in that sense. This one is rough, dude. I that and and it, it, this is one of the best horror sequences I've seen in a long time, and I gotta give major major props to to Radio Silence for this because it's like everything from the time Judy gets a phone call all the way through to when West dies is like. Uh, like a knockout to me like a like a plus to me so whether how i feel about the some of the other elements of the movie uh regardless this this sequence is like perfection in my opinion so what do you think about wes the only other thing i want because you've covered most of it the only other thing that i wanted to mention about wes is he dies and i think it's pretty fun is he he dies the, the name of West because yeah. so they can have the four West the big four West party and I thought that was really great going in really the, cool yeah act. really cool so um yeah that's you covered a lot and we talked a little bit about West so yeah I love that oh the shower scene the the the, call, the psycho callback the cool. shot looking up at yep yeah, that was fun too yeah. um classic cream all right last two characters here uh, Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter she is probably the most important character in this movie. And I think when we talk about the future of this movie, these movies, which I think the next two characters, we're going to talk about the future of these two movies. This is, she is going to play an integral role in them. Mm-hmm. She's the younger sister of Sam Carpenter. She's attacked by Ghostface. The first scene in the movie, she's kind of our Drew Barrymore, if you will. Um, she resents her sister for leaving her. Now, the question I have for you, because the uh, the description of her I pulled says she's the girlfriend of Amber, but I no, like there's none would... of that. That that must have been. So I, I keep hearing that, Tim. I, I, sorry, I did interject. I just I keep hearing that online. 
and there's none of that in this movie. Uh, you you like if if there was a relationship there uh, that was either on the cutting room floor, it was an early draft because okay, because I didn't get that either, and yeah, I didn't get that either. And but what I pulled from it, like I maybe no, early I get... on, I think there's a line early on that Ghostface says, but when you look back on it now, it's throwing. Yeah, I didn't get that either. Um, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I, no. I don't. That. I, yeah. I don't. I, if that's there, I missed it because I. There's like one moment where Amber gets a little bit like. Uh, now, now I will say this though. Yeah. One of the one of the great theories I think is that Billy and Stu had a relationship from Scream One, sure. so there might be a little bit of a callback to that in some ways because. Amber, of course, is revealed to be one of Wes's killers, and this is Tara, who is related to Samantha, who, of course, is related to Billy. Yeah, I, th- or, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I did not get the Amber. Like, I, and we'll talk about Amber. I don't get anything from Amber, if I'm being honest with you. Amber's a miss. Amber's a miss for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I'm hearing a lot of praise for Amber online. And and I, I would agree with that. We'll, we'll talk about it. I'm not going to get into it yet, but Tara, Jenna Ortega rules. (laughs) I'm just like, she's really good in this, right? She's fantastic. Like, um, (laughs) um, I, uh, and this is no, honestly, not a knock on, um, uh, Melissa Barrera. Honestly, it's not Jenna Ortega is the character that I cling to in the movie. Um, she of the two, she feels like the final girl to me, and I think that might be on purpose. It might yeah. be by design. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do think it's the stronger performance of the two for sure. Um, I and I do. God, she's just so. Like, I believe everything. Everything she does in this movie, I believe all of it. All the pain and the and the uh, the the fear. Like she's she's she really is great in this movie. I just I I I really hope that she continues to be a big part of the franchise moving forward. Um, if she's not, you know, a co-lead with Barrera, uh, I'd be fine with her being the lead. If we can figure out a way to make that work, I'm cool with it. So, so in the future, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about where you think these movies are yeah. going in the future, because I feel as if it's, it's heavily set up that maybe Tara is going to be the final girl moving forward. And maybe Samantha might be the killer. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not into that. If I'm being honest, yeah, I, okay. I, no, I've heard a lot of that. I, I don't, I know. I, I, okay. I, I, I will briefly state what I want from the next movie. And that is, it, it's pretty simple. Okay. Uh, it needs to be scream. So it needs to have some element of the meta stuff for sure. No question. It needs to comment on the state of horror cinema or cinema in general. But what I would love is more of a scream Two situation. Scream two is pretty straightforward. It does touch on the idea of sequels being inferior. It also touches on the, uh, briefly touches on the idea of sequels being bigger and crazier and having to up the ante of the first movie, which scream two does in a lot of ways. Um, so it does follow that trend, but Scream Two is largely a just kind of a classic whodunit paranoia revenge, like whodunit paranoia story with a nice revenge motive. That's all I want from the next movie. A straight like we don't need to get crazy with it. It doesn't need to be commenting on on Reddit or Twitter or any like like I just I it doesn't even need to be d- dicking around with stab stuff necessarily. Like if stab stuff is in it, that's fine. But I would love for like just a cla- like a really cool slick 
slasher movie with Ghostface and these characters that I like from this movie carrying forward and a cool revenge motive. That's it. That's all I want. I want like, it doesn't we don't need to overthink this in my opinion personally. And I think, you know, starting to drag Sam into being the killer and all like, that, I I'm cool with I understand people wanting something different and wanting to like uh, change up the formula maybe. Uh, I'm not opposed to that. But I want the bulk of the film to feel like just a classic kind of whodunit. Because Scream 2, Scream 2 for me, that, that's one of the reasons why it's the perfect sequel is the simplicity of Scream 2. It's not that complicated. <laughs> it's really not. Um, you know, it ups right. the kills. It ups the violence a bit. Uh, it ups the set pieces for sure. And that's fine. I'm cool with all that in the next movie. Uh, building on the foundations of this movie. But like when, it, when, it, when you get down to brass tacks, like the reveal and the the final uh, fight at the end of Scream 2 is pretty straightforward, I think. It's not terribly convoluted or uh, buried in any sort of metatextual stuff. It's very much it's very much a, a motive and a killer reveal that's tied to the events of the previous film. That's all I want from this one. So, Hey, thank you. Hey, real quick. Thank you for using the full word there, by the way, because including me, everybody just shortens it to meta. Mm. But thank you for finally someone finally used. You got it, man. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Why not, right? Anyway, no, I I mean that. No, thank you, thank you. Um, no, but 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 so I'm I'm not poo pooing what you were saying about about Sam. I'm not even saying that you were thinking that that was what we should do. They should do, but um, it's not necessarily that I'm poo pooing that. No, honestly, I'm not against it. Depending on how they set it up, it just depends on the yeah on the execution. I think. Um, there is a couple of things I wanted to ask you real quick, though, but uh, Jenna Ortega, I wanted to mention a couple of things. Oh, okay. So big year for final girls or final girl like characters just laid up in a hospital bed. Yeah, she does have uh, she does have Jamie Lee vibes in both Halloween two and Halloween kills. It's true. Uh, yeah. She's watching an episode of Dawson's Creek. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, did you catch who's in the episode that she's Scott, watching? Scott Foley. It's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> Such a good callback. Um, but I, what I really wanted to ask you, we, we'll talk about the hospital scene a little more. I, yeah. I kind of love that. I love that Dewey sacrifices himself oh my God. for her because that feels what we were talking about, where we're, what we were missing with like Scream 4, yeah. which is that passing the torch scene. And it also, it, Dewey would do that. And that's a, a great Dewey character moment. And it's also, it's a great moment for Tara because like, hey, this guy sacrificed himself for you. Like, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to live? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're life? right. You're right. And the last question, I, I think it's really clever what the movie does with the opening scene, leaving her alive. It, oh. it, flips, it flips expectations. Where do you rank that one, though? Because it, the thing is, I kind of loved all three of those first three openers. I even kind of like the fourth opening scene. Where do you, because it's tough. Where do you rank this opening scene in the series? Ooh, 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 wow. I didn't expect this. Um, I mean, Barrymore is number one. There's no question. Um, there's the, yeah, that, I agree yeah. there. So, so that's, let's go. What's, what's the second number one? <laughs> I go number two. I, I love that opening scene from part two. I think it's like operatic. I think it's beautiful. I think it's, it's I tragic. It yeah, I think it does a lot, and I think it it works in the it works in a criticism of that first movie that we talked about that it's very white bread. It works that in with a couple of black sure, characters. Sure, yeah. So, um, this is like the movie, probably firmly in the middle for me. Um, I mean, the cotton scene in three is great, and it works, and the voice changer stuff is fun, and the, you know, it's fine. 
and and the, and the 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 movie within a movie within a movie thing with Scream Four is actually a lot of fun too. Um, but I I think that just the simplicity of this just brutal attack on a really like likable kind of adorable teenage girl who just seems really cool and laid back and just like like it gets back to that first movie where you just you just don't want bad things to happen to her like you feel you feel bad for her and you feel you don't like seeing it happen there's an element to even scream 2 as tragic and like I said operatic and that's a great descriptor for that scene as, as operatic as it is there's almost a celebration of like we're about to watch scream 2 here we go baby there's a little bit of that there um which is by design as well. There's none of that with this. This feels very like, oh shit. Like, even though she isn't killed, oh, I guess you don't find out she's not killed until later because the I think the scene ends cuts with the ghost face with the knife raised above her. But I mean, just the the brutality of it, and I think you know the stomping on her leg and breaking her leg, the knife through the hand. I mean, it's really visceral Ooh, stuff. That knife, that knife through the hand is nasty. oh, it's gnarly. So yeah, no. So I, I think this is right in the middle for me. Scream Two's is is so grand. <laughs> I think is the word for Scream Two's opening scene. It's grand. It's just like this, just this insane celebration of the success of the first movie and the madness behind it, and um, and such a uh, such an like a, like an appetizer for the insanity that Scream Two becomes. That like it's hard to beat. This one's really great, though, so it's right in the middle for me. I've got it. I'm gonna put it at four behind yeah. one, two, and three. The thing with three, it, the okay, cotton one, really, the cotton one beats us for you. The cotton uh, opening, uh, yeah, the cotton one beats yeah. us for me. I get actually get kind of, I get irritated by four as good as I think it is. It's annoying. Um, it's, <laughs> too <laughs> it's, it's, it's too much. It's too much. I'm a hater. I'm a I'm a four hater. No, uh, four. But, it's it's cute the first time you watch it, and then it, afterwards you're like. You almost want to fast forward through this shit. You're like, all right, let's go. Like, the th- I think the thing with this is not an insult to to five though is like when like those are those opening sequences are perfect for West because he's so good at suspense. Yeah, and I, it's it's cotton stuck in traffic. It's all of that. Like it's just so well done. I've got it behind one, two, and three right sure. now. Sure, and honestly, I think we talked about this in our um, summer of scream stuff. I put two neck and neck with one. I really love that opening scene in two, so it's not going to be sure for me. Sure, I think what I think what elevates it a little bit. Oh, oh, you know what? The only dislikeable thing about her is uh, she likes a uh, elevated horror. <laughs> but the movies she names are pretty good, though. At least, yeah, right. Actually, no, I don't like most of those movies. Um, I take it <laughs> back. What does she name? Hereditary. I is fine. Babadook. Uh, she's a big Babadook because she calls back to Babadook. Babadook was all right. Um, yeah, okay. Babadook. She's obviously she obviously doesn't have any kids because the Babadook, as you uh, as you know, about a screaming child. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> the worst yeah. thing. <laughs> I take it back. Maybe I don't like this character. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No, it's it, I, the opening scene is really great, and and she's great throughout. She really is. She's a fun presence. I was curious to see. I kind of figured out based on the trailer that she was going to survive that first attack. Cause I think you see her in a wheelchair at one point in the, in a shot in the trailer. And I went, okay, this is going to be kind of cool to see 
a, char- right. a character make it through. That's neat, you know. But I wasn't sure how she was going to play in, if at all, to the third act of the movie. And I was pleasantly surprised with how she how she played out. I wonder if there was more to the Amber and and uh, Tara relationship in some other version of this movie that maybe was partial, at least partially shot. Um, purely because, like, why were they tying up? Why, the, why were the killers tying Amber up at the end? Mm. You notice that she was tied up in tape, like Sydney's dad was at the in the first movie, like in a closet towards the end of the movie. Like that, like they had her. They didn't kill her. She was like, but, but the plan uh, wasn't. Some... <clears throat> the plan wasn't to frame her for the murders. The plan was to frame Sam. So why was Tara tied up in a closet? It just didn't make a sense. Like. There are a couple of things in the third act, and I think we'll get into them when we get get into the killers yeah. that don't make a lot of sense. Yeah, when you when you look at it, or the, at least they don't after a first viewing don't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get to Sam real quick and finish yep. out this yep. this group. Sam is the older sister of Tara. She moved away from Woodsboro after she learned that her father was Billy Loomis. Oh, holy shit! <laughs> we'll I, get to Ghost Billy. Uh, no, I'm gonna let you cut loose on that because <laughs> no, I I but uh, she's attacked by Ghostface Killer. <laughs> not the rapper once again and she lists the help of Dooley 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 I'm not pronouncing things well to solve the killings um so Melissa Barrera I'm just gonna I'll, I'll start real quick this is the one I think we talked I'm not in love with the performance at times until I think we get near the end and she starts to show a bit of an edge and I think <laughs> yep, that's, yep. that's when I think she shines in this role yep I don't want to knock her too much. I just think to carry the movie, like you mentioned, she is, she is our final girl, quote unquote, in this movie. And she's the one that doing a lot of the, the heavy lifting at times. Some of her delivery falls a little flat for me. She's, and... she's just, uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, she's not great in this movie. Like I'll be, I'm just going to say like, I have not seen her in other stuff. I, I heard she's in, uh, in the Heights. Uh, okay. which yes. I, I've heard she's wonderful in. I'm sure she's a fine actress. I don't feel terribly connected to her at any point in this movie up until I'm, I'm not in love with, I'm not in love with this performance. Yet. No, up until, like you said, I think when she's able to get uh, to let loose at the end there and that this all could be by design as well a little bit. I don't know. Um, I'm, you know, it's, it's not even like, she's not bad, but I don't, she's supposed to be our lead. And um, when you are the lead of an ensemble of young actors that I think by and large are all pretty darn charismatic, even ones like you said, like uh, Dylan Manette, like Wes charismatic kid. Awesome in the movie. Uh, not in the movie very long. Um, when you are the lead of the, that young cast, you've got to be one of the strongest, if not the strongest performances I think in the film. And I don't think she is. So I think because of, her position in the cast, I think it doesn't, it makes it more noticeable that maybe she's not as strong as some of the other ones. Does that make sense? No, for sure. I I agree. There are a couple of questions that I want to ask you regarding this character Mm. though. So I, I kind of like the idea of a final girl who is a, who's a borderline serial killer who has a bit of an edge to her. What did you think of the, Billy reveal. I think it makes sense in some ways, but I want to get your take on it. And then I'll, oh, I'll, I'll go. Uh, what do you think? Because she's the daughter of Billy Loomis. Yeah. Yeah. And it's revealed. She's kind of the, 
she's the illegitimate daughter of Billy Loomis. What do you think of that? There were rumors about this for a long time that 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 this was going to be a thing in the movie. I was happy it wasn't a twist because it really wasn't. Um, I think they could have done some sort of like save it for the third act to make it a big reveal thing. I'm really happy they didn't. I'm happy they just kind of pulled the bandaid off and made it just kind of part of her character for the most part. Um, I didn't have an issue with it. I, I mean, I could see, you know, in terms of like from a plot perspective, yeah, I could see Billy sleeping around when he was a teenager. He was, if you watch that first movie, <laughs> excuse me, I sneezed. Um, if you watch that first movie, you can actually see there's a scene of him in the video store before uh, when Randy's talking to Stu and he's in the background and he's like chit chatting with a couple girls like really fl- flirtatiously before he's revealed as a killer. Where you kind of go like, "Damn, Billy! Like, come on, dude, show some tact." Um, and there, there's the scene too where he calls her out for not having sex with him, uh, where he calls Sydney out in Scream One for uh, for not having uh, for not having sex and you could take that one of two ways and i think and i think you and i have taken it and a lot of people have taken it as him trying to take her virginity so like she could be killed mm-hmm. by the rules or you can take it as a guy who's sexually frustrated and wants to have sex and maybe he has fooled around on her for this reason exactly and now that we see the plot of this movie maybe we know a little bit more about that right um we have a little sure. more insight into his mind or it could there. be both yeah yeah it could be, honestly it's probably both um so i have no problem with the twist itself by any means um cool with it it's not even a twist necessarily um ghost billy is a thing uh i recognize he's not a ghost i believe you recognize the same thing this is not a, the spirit of billy loomis possessing something this is sam's this is all of Sam's fears slash um, perhaps in, innate um, uh, psychological issues taking shape and physical form as Billy Loomis as an approximation of what she would think Billy Loomis would be. Now, I've heard people complain, oh, why is he dressed like he was the finale of Scream? Well, she's seen the Stab movies. Uh, Right. So she's seen, probably seen pictures of the actual Billy Loomis. She's seen the Stab film, which seems like it was pretty straightforward in terms of adapting uh, the first screen movie. So she's gotten a mental approximation of what her father would look like at the time that he was killed, right? And I'm, I, I, can, I can buy that, and I'm cool with that. So I think people complaining about that are just being a little bit too, uh, I don't know, frustrated by the, the, the whole thing. Um, I was shocked that Skeet <laughs> was involved in any way, shape, or form in this movie. I was certainly shocked by what they did with his character. I mean, he's popping up in rear view mirrors of cars and winking at her and telling her to go cut some fucking throats. I was taken aback by it, and for a, lo- for a while there, for days after having seen it, I went, did I like that? Right. Because it does feel, with the exception of Sydney seeing visions of her mother in three, her it, mom it, in three, it felt yep. very out of place and out of character for this series. And it felt very like we just wanted to get Skeet back to go, hey guys, we love the series. Look, we got Skeet back. And I still think some of that is true. But the more I think about it, the more I'm okay with it, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Because. We do have now a final girl with an edge, right? And I think that we could go some interesting avenues with that. I don't just want to make her a killer because I feel like that's the boring and the easy way out. Yeah. Uh, but I would love a final girl 
that is maybe one of two things. Either Sam being either Sam as aggressively pursuing the ghost face killer as they are pursuing her or her sister or whoever. I like the idea of that. A final girl who's on the offensive, who's like, I'm going to catch this fucker in the act and like, I'm going to show him what a real killer's like kind of thing, like that edge. Or I like the idea of a future ghost face trying to tempt her into not just trying to kill her or her friends, but trying to tempt her and turn her. Does that make sense? Yes. To play games with her, to make her feed into her darker instincts that perhaps she inherited from her father. And I think you could bring Ski back again and have some fun with that, with being kind of the devil on her shoulder again. So the more I thought about it, the more I was willing to forgive some of my uh, apprehension. But anyway, I want to hear you talk about Ski Ghost. (laughs) So. I had one more question on you with Sam, though. Yeah. So they don't uh, they don't show her parents for a reason, right? Like, Nikki mentioned they... this. Interestingly enough, yep. So what do you, what did Nikki think? Uh, what or where did what do you and Nikki think of what where her parents are? What what we might see of them in the future? So the immediate thought that Nikki had, and I hadn't, I didn't think anything of it. I'll be honest, like I didn't, I was like, I didn't even notice the fact we didn't see her mom. I just, oh, she's in Europe and she can't get back to the States yet. Okay, fine. Sure. Maybe I'm thinking COVID, COVID times, like travel's tough. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but not even even scream. Travel's tough. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, But Nikki is like, I wonder who her mom is. And I'm like, oh shit, you're right. Like, like, okay. I didn't even think about that. And, uh, you know, I started like thumbing through my, like, Rolodex of like scream characters that could pop back up as the mom. And I don't think there's a, there's like a, there's like a returning character that it could be. And I think you would probably agree. I don't think there's anybody that makes sense to, to have as the, like, like the mom, but, but what Nikki did bring up that I really liked was that like whoever th- their mom is should factor in some way into whatever the next film, the thrust of the next film. Whatever that is, the motive, sure. the yeah, and I think that she, I think she's onto something like that, and I think you're onto something like that. I think there's there's some there is there's potential there to use that as a jumping off point for whatever the next round of ghost face killings is. So I agree. I think there's a reason that they go and dive deep into their backstory in this. Yeah. They, but I don't think it's it, it's not distracting. Like it's no no. It's enough to explain that she is the daughter of Billy and yes. a little bit of her right now. So I, yeah, I'm going to give my thoughts on uh ghost Billy here because I think it'll transition yeah. nicely yeah. into, uh, into the discussion on the OG, OG crew the crew. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Billy is in multiple hallucinations. So, okay. <laughs> I'm on record as not liking the, I don't like the aging technology, even no. when it looks good. Like even when it looks good, I think the last Spider-Man movie used some of that, right? Yes, it did. It did a little bit with uh, Molina. Yeah, and I think um, you know what? It, it looked pretty good in the last. I'll be honest, it looked pretty good in the Spider-Man movie. Like I, I like the Uncanny Valley was not totally bothered it, for me. Right, and you know what? Now, you made a good point that I didn't think of while watching this movie is that she's only seen him through movies, so she's kind of, if we're taking it at face value, which is her 
her memory, like we're seeing it through her eyes when we see Billy in the back seat. Like maybe that's that's kind of what we're seeing. It's kind of a mix of the movie version with her like picture she's seen. So she's not seeing him like as he actually is. She's just seeing this like kind of amalgamation of of pictures she's seen of right, him. Right, right. I think that's a nice excuse because I think it. I think it looks. They always look way too smooth to me. Their faces look way too smooth. And plus, I'm a. I used to be a regular Riverdale watcher, and uh, Skeet does not look like that. He's very. He's kind of weathered now. He's got some scars on him. Skeet is rugged. Him, uh, he's rugged, very rugged. Um, you brought up the point I wanted to make about Sydney seeing her mom in Scream Three. So it's, it's not inconsistent, but with the amount of callbacks they make to Scream One. Uh, where Scream Run is a little bit, we don't see any. Wait a minute! Oh no 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 no! That's three. Never mind. Never mind. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Ghost Mom. Um, but yeah, I think you covered most of what I wanted to say about Billy. That the I think mainly the issue I had with Billy was in the third act, where where he he like winks kind of at her to like, hey hey, the knife's over there. Like he, he towards it. Now that can be explained away that she sees the knife and that's what what she's going for. But um, yeah, you can. But 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 oh, and, uh, okay, let's do that. Right, let's just explain it away with that. That, that was I'm my cool with that. And, but but, yeah. but the, my my issue is then there's some mixed messaging here too, right? So like, if you want me to go with like, okay, she has uh, impulses that perhaps are inherited from Billy Loomis or. She has. She thinks she has some sort of. She's concerned about having imp. I think that the the takeaway is that she has impulses, right? She has some degree right. of of uh, Billy Loomis psycho impulse. Okay, fine, sure, I'll do that. I'll, whether or not that's actually even remotely close to anything resembling psychological reality is neither here nor there. Maybe it's super offensive. I don't know. I'm just going to go with the logic of the movie on this one. So she has impulses because she's Billy's kid. Are we supposed to be celebrating that at the end? I guess that's my only thing is like, like, yeah, of course we want to see her like get her comeuppance on this asshole uh, who's deceived her and stuff. Like, I'm not mad at that. And yeah, I was happy to see her go to town, but is that a, like, I don't know. Are we celebrating that right now? Like, are we celebrating that? In, like in that moment, like, like that's probably a bad thing, right? That she's giving into those impulses. I, I didn't take it as a celebration. I thought it was more of a tease for the next couple. Movies. Okay, okay. It's like we're we're supposed to, like you mentioned, the devil on the shoulder thing. We're we're supposed to go with that. Um, can we trust her? Right. Yeah. Can we trust her? She's kind of because she is kind of an unreliable narrator, and I sure. think that's kind of an interest because the the movies haven't played around with that for a couple movies either. True. So. Um, no, very good. All right. So we're going to move on to the OG crew. Uh, all right, I'm here gonna, we go. I'm, hey, Willie, I texted you just a second ago. I'm going to pause this for a second sure. if you don't mind. I have to go to the bathroom. No worries, pal. <laughs> all right. I'll be back in a minute. All right. The OG crew. This is uh, Dewey, Sydney, and Gail. The trio. Let's start with, yeah. Let's start with Gail since yeah. the events of yeah. – uh, yeah. Gail and Dewey divorce. She lives in New York. She's got her own morning show. Yep. She comes back. Um, do we inform her? We mentioned that earlier about the attacks. What, what do you think of Gail in this movie? Courtney Cox as she returns as Gail Weathers. What do you, what do you think of Gail? Love Gail. Love Courtney Cox. Um, I mean, look, she she is she's here for us. Uh, well, okay, so 
I thought her reaction to Dewey's death was really great stuff. I thought her scene with David Arquette was really great stuff. I think there's an element of real life, unintentional real life meta stuff that, that, that is going on there that I think brings out the emotions in both those actors. Um, not that they're not strong actors to begin with. I think both are very talented, but I think there is an element there. The scene they share together, I think is really, (laughs) there had to be an element of like real life cleansing going on there. Right. A little bit. I don't know. I don't know their lives, but, but it, it, I felt like that was there at least. No, uh, I just read an interview with the directors that said that like, you could kind of feel that like they still love each other. Like they still have like feelings of love. Sure. They have a kid together. Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would hope so. So that was good stuff. And, uh, you know, I love seeing Gail. I, I love that, uh, you know, Dewey and Gail uh, throughout the course of the relationship of these movies talk about how basically like there's a good chance this is not going to work out. But they love each other. I mean, I think in two they even mentioned like as early as two, they're like, we're really not made for each other, but I love you. You love me. And like, let's try and make I'd, I'd rather try and make it work and have some happiness together and have it fall apart than to never try and, and never experience that. And I, I think it's, uh, I think that the, the, the place the relationship is in when we, we start this movie is true to those characters. I don't think Gal Weathers is somebody who would be able to stay in Woodsboro. Um, and you see some of that stuff in screen four where she's just like, yes. she's just not happy. That's um, one of my favorite parts about screen four. Yeah. How kind of how, uh, how unsatisfied she is in Woodsboro. She's not herself. And, and I like that we get some backstory in this of like, Dewey tried going to, was it tried going to New York? Was it? I don't Yep. Yeah. And he couldn't. And he, that wasn't for him either. Nope. nope. And so I like the, think, the truth of this. Be a good town of for them to. Or is it like a nice middle ground between New York and Woodsboro? You think they could settle down? In? Uh they could probably do like a suburb of Chicago, right? Like Gale could oh, do like Haddonfield. Had- yeah, Haddonfield. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, they'd be all right in like a suburb of Chicago because Gale could could. It might not be as big time as New York or L.A., right? But she could still still have some pretty good, you know pretty serious reporting going on in a big city like Chicago, but, but Dewey could maybe uh, work as a sheriff in a, in a smaller, you know, suburb, a little more quiet, you know, like a, I'm trying to think of a good, like a Rosemont, you know, um, mm. where he'd be busy, but not like, um, you know, not, I guess, uh, overstimulated. Dewey, Dewey wants to just, you know, he wants the quiet life for the most part. So right. who can blame him? I, I almost think like they should move to like a Wyoming and just get away from everything. That might be for the best, but Gail will be miserable, right? Like shout out to our listeners in Wyoming. Hell yeah! I didn't mean to. I hope I didn't insult you. But I mean, there's, I think it's it's all good. <laughs> I'm not from Wyoming, but I'm sure they get it. Um, yeah. So I think I'm going to go with Chicago for those guys. Okay. But yeah, no, it, it felt real to me, Tim. I I I like the the interaction between the two. I like the relationship. Like like I like where we find both of them. Um been 11 years since that or 10 years since that last movie and, and the events of the last movie so it in that 10 years i could buy that that they've hit the spot i think courtney's great in the movie um i love that she gets to kick some ass at the end and like get physical because gail <laughs> gail tends to get uh taken out of the third act in all these movies for whatever reason it's like courtney cox is too powerful to buy it's she's like she's like uh, Patrick Stewart in the X Men movies—you have to take him out of the third act because nobody can right. buy that he uh, she, that 
he can't handle himself. Same with uh, Gail. So like the first movie, you know, she's kind of get, gets knocked unconscious like two times. The second movie, she's shot and then falls into an orchestra pit for a while. The third movie, she's tied to a chair for most of the third act. The fourth movie, she spends in the hospital. So this one is the fi- first time where she gets to like whoop some ass at the end. So I was really psyched about that. And she whoops some ass. Like, and, and deservedly so. Oh. One of the things I loved about this movie and I loved about, yeah, the third act in particular is like how they kind of like there's a been there done that. With oh, Han I love Sydney. it so much. They're so tired of like, it. They're so t- like they roll their eyes. <laughs> that stuff is great. It's great. They're so fucking over it. <laughs> they roll up to that house, dude, together. What a, and what they, a great representation of middle age. It's Oh, totally. I get it more and more. Like they roll up to that house and she, the Amber runs out screaming, and they immediately are like, "This is probably a trap, right?" And they're like, "Yeah." And then I, I do love Amber's reaction of like, "Fuck it," and she just starts shooting, like, um, right, because both both generations are smart enough to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. They, they are. Yeah one one is one is uh, smart enough through experience, right? Through through having been through this a bunch of times. The other one has done their done their homework. <laughs> so. Yep. Um, that is really cool, um, and certainly less cynical than than, than Scream Four. Um, yeah, no, it's. Uh, I love that Gal gets to kick some ass. I love that she's savvy to this. She's kind of over it. The only reason that her and Sydney are here at this point are to avenge Dewey. That's it. There's no. There's no personal stake in it. They obviously don't want to see people die, but they're not about like. The only thing that could bring Sydney back and could keep Gal there at this point is is Dewey's death. That's it. That's. And I think that I think that's okay. I think it might be a little, a little bit cynical, but I think that's okay because it is where these characters are at. No, why would why would, I mean no? I I get I, no. Yeah, I can see the the cynicism thing, but like like I I'm coming at it from a perspective of like if I had been through this shit and I was Sydney, I, right? And I had two kids is, and yeah. I was happily married and I've lived for the last decade without any of this bullshit. It's, I'm sorry that this is happening again, but what else can I do? This is like, I'm not, I'm not a cop. I'm my own life. Yeah. Like, I'm not a cop. I'm not an investigator. I'm trying to live my life. If the cops want to call me and ask me for advice. Sure. Great. Yeah. I'll give it to them. But like, I'm not doing this again. I'm done. Like, I've saved plenty of lives and my own life enough. I, I have to, like, I, I can't do it anymore. You know? Um, a couple of other things that I want to mention with Gail, then we'll move on here if you're cool with it. Yeah. Uh, I think she is the one that feels a little bit extra uh, when it comes to the plot. Like, she's the one that just didn't fit for me. Yeah. Um, I'd agree. This is why she feels, well, I guess maybe not with Dewey, but... <laughs> Uh, her her arrival in Woodsboro feels extra. Um, that I agree with that. Her, it almost it, it feels like they've they like they they got the three the trio back and they had to use them somehow. And yeah. So I like the scenes between her and Arquette. Um, I'm okay with the legacy characters kind of be like phasing out of the next movie. I'm okay if we don't see Gale again. I, I guess. Um, the one thing I wanted to point out, though, with Gail, she does a she has a great joke about her bangs. Yes, Did you yes. That? <laughs> that was good stuff. Uh, her bangs from Scream Three, so which are really bad, by the way. They are quite bad, yeah. and she's mentioned that many times. Uh, so on the uh, Drew Barrymore or Drew Barrymore show, <laughs> I should mention, which is quite an excellent talk show. What a delight! Well, uh, 
I will do my own episode episode on later. All right, so I think I'm going to move on to Sydney next All actually because right. I want to save Billy for last. Sydney is now married. She's the mother of three kids. I mean, because who wouldn't want to bring three children into the world that she's come up in? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She's she's moved away from Woodsboro. She we see her early in the first act. Dewey calls her, but she doesn't come back until Dewey dies. What do you think of Sydney in this one? I, if I'm being, I, I don't have a lot to say about Sydney in this, and that is not a knock on Sydney or Nev Campbell. Sydney is very much there to to um, tickle the nostalgia bone, and then to show up and kick some ass in the third act. And I'm a okay with that. That is better service to a legacy character than a lot of requels or uh, legacy sequels or whatever they're called have done. I'm a-okay with it. It works perfectly fine for me. Nev rules. Uh, Nev has been good in all these movies, every single one of them. Uh, she always brings it. She actually gives a shit about the character and about what she's doing. Um, Nev is fantastic, right? Like, why isn't why isn't Nev Campbell like all like? Why it's is a, she's not, it's like, a crime. Uh, maybe it's by choice. I don't know, but 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 if it's not, it's a crime. She's great. She's have, fantastic. Have you ever seen Nev Campbell bad in anything? Never, not once. Um, not not even once. Uh, she's great. And uh, love that they mentioned that the husband's name is Mark. Really like that. I think you brought that up earlier. That's that's what I wanted yeah, to ask. Love that. So this is is this Mark Kincaid? Yeah, no question. I mean, the, the, why would you call him Mark? You could you could give the, Sydney's husband any name ever in the history of names, and they call him Mark Tim. There's a reason. <laughs> They, because they're hoping they're going to get Dempsey back for one of these things. No, no, you know, I think it was just a fun thing for fans. I think. Ooh, imagine if they do get Dempsey. Back. Hell yeah, I'm down. This is what I'm talking about with the, with, the, with the Fast and Furious thing, dude. You could bring Dempsey back for the next one. You don't need to bring Sydney back. Maybe Dempsey's like, I'm going to go investigate this thing because it's tied to my old partner or something. Like, hell yeah, give me Dempsey. Give me steamy, steamy, creepy Dempsey. Like, 100. percent No question. I'm down. Um, I turned to Nikki at one point and I went, oh my God, it's McDreamy. And she goes, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, that was fun. Um, hey, hey uh, real quick, just yeah. a follow-up question to Mark. What's your favorite scary movie? My life. <laughs> he's the best. Um, <laughs> he's, Do you think that's what got it? Do you think that's what got it? Do you think that's what uh, uh, turned uh, Nev? Hell yeah. Him? Come on, dude. <laughs> Come on, dude. I got aroused. Um, <laughs> no, uh, that was fun. And and it's uh, obviously I love the fact that she comes back because of Dewey. I think that's fantastic. That there were, I've always – my only sadness with uh, the way events play out is we don't get a face-to-face scene mm. with with Dewey and Nev and, or with Dewey and, and, and Sydney. And, and it's – it's fine and it works and it's it, it makes sense, but it's too bad that it wasn't able to happen. I would love to see the two because sh- man, with those when Dewey shows up in Scream Two, purely out of just caring about Sydney, it's so, like it tells you everything you need to go to know about that relationship. Everything, yeah. it's beautiful. Like like the the friend, as I love Gail and Dewey's relationship, but Dewey and Sydney's is really beautiful. Like there's like like just a pure. I don't even know how to describe it. it. It's it's, it's from the first movie. It's from yes. him checking on her in the first movie yep. and being protective of her in the first movie, for sure. And there's a connection, I think, for him as a character to his sister through Sydney. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, Tatum doesn't get mentioned very often in, in the Scream movies. I think the last time she gets mentioned is Patrick Warburton's character in three mentions that his sister died. That's it. 
Um, but I think it's easy to forget that Dewey had a sister who he had a relationship and, and, and a connection with that, that was murdered in the first Scream movie. And um, by Billy Loomis. I mean, you know, like if we're if we're really digging into it, I mean, Billy Loomis killed his sister, his little sister. Um, we forget about that, I think, oftentimes. And and so Sydney is kind of a connection, I think, a tether to that to his sister, to the the relationship, whatever relationship he had with her, and that the the innocence of his sister and everything. So, I mean, I love that relationship. I think it's great. So, I would have loved to see them together. I understand why it doesn't happen. I think Sid, I think Nev is great in this. I, I love her tired of this shit stuff. It's so funny. The bit where she's on the phone with the killer and she goes, I'm bored and hangs up is the fucking, <laughs> that is the best shit. It's the best. I, like, I was sitting in the theater and I was going, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Like just Nev going like, I'm, I am hanging up on you. Like she doesn't even say that. She goes, I'm bored and hangs up. It rules. It rules so hard. It tells you everything you need to know about where the character's been and where she's at currently. It's it's so sweet. She literally, at this point in the in, in the series, her only objective, and she outright states it to to Sam's character, is to kill the person that killed Dewey. That's it. That's the only reason she's there. She doesn't care about motive. She doesn't care about a reveal. She's not there for any of that third act bullshit. She's there to put a bullet in the head of whoever killed her friend, and that's it. And I love it so much. So yeah. Uh, a couple of quick bits on Sydney for my end. Uh, I love that she, much like uh, Jamie Lee, uh, Laurie Strode in Halloween, Quil- Halloween Kills, I-, I love that she's part of the plan in this one, but she's not the plan, and that's what I mean by comparing her, comparing her to Laurie Strode. Like, she is not the end-all be-all in this movie. She's just a cog in the machine, and I dug that. I, um, I like the Dewey's death. Oh, I had a couple of questions to ask you. Oh, boy. Just one, actually. How many unknown phone calls have you answered in your life? <laughs> I don't anymore. Um, they, if they want to, if it's important, they'll leave a voicemail. Send them. Send them. <laughs> her and Judy are the only ones that I, because I could see her answering it. Just in case. let them ring, though, Tim. Don't, don't, don't hit ignore <laughs> because if they 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 pick up, they understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. They know when you hit ignore, and they call you right back. They'll call you back. And who's driving between her and uh, Gail at the end in Woodsboro to call back to our earlier discourse? I think it was Sydney driving, right? Yes. She should know the roads. She should know the Woodsboro roads. Gail, I could forgive a little bit because she's not from there, but Sydney should know. So that's that's about it. Yeah, they're not, they're not great at navigating together. I mean, it takes them like 10 to 15 minutes to get from the kitchen of Stu's house to the living room in the finale. <laughs> like, they, it takes them a long time to finish whatever they're doing in the kitchen after hey. Amber's lit on fire. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, watch me lose uh, half our audience here. Women drivers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> here comes my wife. She's. <laughs> I think you and I can both agree that we've both been in a car. We've both been in a car with the same male driver. And I think, yeah, I know, you know, I, know. I think you know who I'm talking about. And, it, and it's the worst driving experience. So that is that is one thousand percent a joke because I've been in way worse drives. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, let's move on as soon as possible. Yes. To, uh, quickly. David Arquette as. Oh Dewey, my god! Dewey. We haven't even talked about Dewey yet. This is it. This is it for the OGs. Dewey's. He's retired from the police force. He is divorced from Gail. He lives alone in isolation. He lives alone in a trailer. I believe he's drinking all the time. Uh, he he finally agrees to help Samantha out. He dies. Uh, 
I think this is Arquette's best performance, and yes. I think he's been great in all of these movies. Yes. I think he's phenomenal here. What do you think? He, In his limited screen time, he is as good as he's ever been in anything. Arquette rules. I've always thought he was a really great actor, even in non-screen stuff. Uh, I, I, He's really great in this movie. This is where the um, the second uh, urn comes into play, Tim. See? I remembered. Okay, um, he has the uh, – if you look in his trailer, he's got Tatum's ashes um, in an urn uh, in the trailer, which is really cool. Oh. Um, which is really rad, I thought. Really cool. Um, and uh, no, it just – he. I had a pretty strong feeling, and I think you did too, that Dewey was done in this one. Um, between the trailer and just the feeling that we can't do this again without losing one of our original three, and Dewey seemed like the relatively obvious choice, um, and it was fitting of the character to sacrifice himself. Dewey, I, I, I went in thinking, I don't think Dewey's going to make it. But <laughs> it still hurt, man. Um, yeah. It still hurt. And even though I remember, yeah, just real quick. I remember the audience reaction Ugh. in Scream Two when he when he survives, Dude. like the audience I was in, and everybody was just so happy. And it is like to uh, to compare it to to this one and how down I felt. Like it, it is quite a co- contrast. It hurt, man. And they didn't they didn't just kill him. Like I I, I should say I went into it expecting like okay he's going to get a, like a dramatic stab, and then he'll fall over and clutching his chest and you know say a last final word and that'll be the end of it but no you know Arquette requested a grisly death like you, this was Arquette he was like kill me cool like if I'm gonna die make it Arquette sweet. who has fought Nick Gage yeah he got a light tube to the throat <laughs> in real life um Arquette you know he was like uh, let's make it sweet like that's not you know and he's right He's right. Oh, this no. is what this is this is how I wanted to see Dewey go. And honestly, but like all around, this is I wanted to see Dewey save someone mm-hmm. and I want to see him go back and I, I wanted to see him get a dramatic death. And this it, is, it's this brutal, is dude. Right. The 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 two knives, that got me. The two knives and then the slight slicing up. Oh god, it was grisly. And then he's left he's left in a pool of his own blood. It's grisly, man. He kind of smirks at Ghostface while it's happening, though. I love that. There's that last little bit of like at least I, I thought he was smirking or smiling almost. Yeah. There's that last little bit of like, uh, you know, Dewey being Dewey uh, as he yep. goes out. Um, but it, Arquette's great and the death scene's great. And I just, I, I love everything about doing this movie. I would read a prequel spinoff comic thing about Dewey hunting down serial killers across the country in his trailer. Um, no question. I, he will be missed. He's one of my favorite movie characters ever, so it was sad to see him go, even if I expected it. Uh, love that they played the Broken Arrow song uh, a couple times in the score. <laughs> loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, and I had a hard time, not that Dewey died, but digesting the fact that it was the 17-year-old five foot two girl that was able to not only physically... Mm-hmm fight against a grown-ass man, even with nerve damage, a grown-ass man. She's like 70 pounds. She's like 70 pounds soaking wet. She gets shot multiple times in the chest. Yes, with a flak jacket or a a bulletproof vest, but do you understand how horribly that hurts regardless of having a bulletproof vest? They're fucking bullets. 
generally you would not a stiff wind would knock her over yes (laughs) and then somehow she's able to overpower and and physically like slice through a human being on both ends that was a hard one to swallow Um, that was the head yeah that was the head fake i talked about earlier that didn't make any sense if you really because it has to be her right no, she says it was her. Like she, like yeah. No, a, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, it has to be because straight up, the other killer is in the elevator watching it happen and not doing anything to help, which I guess should have been a giveaway, but it wasn't. Um, so it has to be her, and she straight up takes credit for it at the end. And I love the bit of like it's an honor and stuff like that. That was really cool and creepy. And that shot of Ghostface with two a knife in each hand standing over Dewey's body is like probably the best shot in this movie and one of the best shots in scream like it's really good however when the reveal happens i like i immediately when when dewey was killed i went okay so whoever that like i because richie was on the suspect list at that point because he's the boyfriend and i immediately went they're they're, they keep tagging the boyfriend as don't trust the boyfriend so i went okay it's gonna be the boyfriend right like my brain went there so he's not and then he wasn't he obviously didn't kill Dewey because he was in the elevator, but it was somebody physically strong enough to kill Dewey in that situation. I went, okay, so the other killer is going to be another guy. And then it's revealed. And I went, okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> cool. Yeah, whatever. I try not to be that way, but that was a hard one for me to, to maybe it's because it's Dewey getting killed. Maybe that's part of it is that I had a hard time spending my disbelief because I'm like, if somebody's going to kill Dewey, it better make sense, you know, and yeah. and it, for me, I eh, we'll get into it anyway. What do you got about Dewey, man? Dewey rules. I kind of wish this uh, as far as returning characters go. And uh, the thing is, like, as I think about it more and as I look back on it, it may have some people may have felt cheated by this. But I I kind of wish this were just Dewey's movie. I wish yeah. Gail and Sydney kind of weren't in it in some ways. This is kind of a, there is a part of me that wished Scream 4 didn't exist during this movie, especially when they go back at the end to, and they, and they kind of, and they talk to each other. And then the two characters meet up outside the house. Yeah. And we see the house for this time. We haven't seen them in a while. There's part of me that wishes that I kind of wish it was just Dewey. And this was the story about uh, Dewey's sacrifice for Woodsboro and for yeah. the next generation. Cause it still is. I just wish, I wish it were just focused mainly on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this movie gets Dewey the best of the original three characters. And I think, I think they're the most comfortable with him. I think his text to Gail, we mentioned earlier as a highlight, it's classic Dewey. He has a line in here that says he, where he says, maybe you are ghost face because that cut deep. It's so good. Uh, (laughs) His death though, his death scene is, it feels like the movie and the filmmakers and the new cast and all of that. It, that feels like the torch passing moment to me. That feels like them taking ownership of it because it is, it is the end of maybe our favorite character. Yeah. A lot of people like a fan favorite character. Yeah. Everybody loves Dewey. And it's not that people don't love Sydney and Gale. It's just uh, Dewey is so damn likable yeah. all the time. And part of the reason he is such a good character is because he's a good person yep. and he would, he would do what he does. So, but it's also the, it's also the all bets are off moment mm-hmm. and that it's, it's, I think it's necessary too, because it, it kind of builds from Judy to Dewey where, 
where Judy dies yeah. first and then Dewey. And you go, well, who? Well, everybody, everything's on the table at this point. And I think that's really smart and really clever what the movie does. It is. It, You're right. It adds tension. Yeah, it adds tension with those last couple. So uh, that's it. But I do, I do want to just reiterate. I think this is David Arquette's best performance. It's excellent. I think, and I think, I think grizzled Dewey works. And I think just, I, maybe it's his, his death matches and wrestling with Nick Gage, but <laughs> like just the way he, the way he looks now, it, it works for the character and it works for where the character's at. So, yeah, I agree. All right. The last two, are you, are you ready? Here we go. The killers. Let's start with Mikey Madison <sighs> and Amber Freeman. <laughs> Amber is the girlfriend of Tara Carpenter. Oh, I wait. guess. I, t- I guess. I, that's right. I forgot. I took this maybe uh, from the Scream Wiki. So they're the experts. Um, but she holds resentment towards Samantha for abandoning Tara. Um, I guess she meets. She and Robbie are together so they can recreate a stab requel. Uh, she she is burnt alive. Oh, oh boy, is she? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um. Hollywood likes burning Mikey Madison alive. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout out to Dave Steele. He pointed this out to me. I did. I, yeah, She's I, a- I, I didn't, I didn't catch it in the moment. Honestly, I, I, I didn't catch it in the moment, but then I did. She's a psycho killer in two films, um, and gets burned alive in both. Um, she's our, she's our most ridiculous killer yet. Right. I get, here's the problem. Like, so I'll, the internet's in love with Amber. It seems like, and I, I get it. She's she's kind of a crazy, nutso, like psycho chick, and I, and like like people like that, and that's cool. Like I think it's like the Harley Quinn thing, right? Um, and I'm fine with that. There's, there's I think she gives a decent. I think Mikey Madison does a good job for sure. For sure. No, 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 no. And once 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 the twist the, the the turn happens, she's a ton of fun. She really is. She, like she's a blast to watch because. You know, her whole bit of like, fuck it, and just start shooting at Gale. Her reveal where she just shoots Liv in the head. Like, I love that stuff. Like, she cuts to the chase. I, li- I like that. I love the post-reveal stuff with her. I love her, like, I was radicalized and begging for her life and stuff. I love <laughs> I love her popping back up after the, after death, half burnt, and running at the, the crew and stuff. Like, that all works for me. The problem with Amber is, the second she shows up on screen, I go, she's probably a killer. Yeah. I look at her and immediately go like, yeah, she's like hundred percent. Like, look at her. Like it just, there's nothing about her that even remotely resembles anything close to anything, but one of the killers in the movie. That's a problem. And the other problem is you get nothing from her zero. There's like, I get nothing from Amber whatsoever up until she's revealed as the killer. Do Does she have dialogue? Yes. Does she interact with other characters? Sure. She has a moment actually with Richie, funny enough, in the hospital where they start accusing each other of not having good alibis. When you look back on it on a second viewing, yeah, I'll probably go, okay, that's cute and clever, and I can see more. Maybe I'll get more from her on a second viewing knowing the twist, right? But as far as a first viewing, I remember thinking like, she's either a killer or like a a lazy... (laughs) She's either going to be a lazy killer reveal or a lazy red herring. Like, there's no in between. Like, I get nothing. So, sorry, but Mikey Madison's fine, and and she and she's really fun once once the reveal comes. But like, the Amber character, I get nothing. I maybe you've got more than me, but I get nothing. So, uh, yeah, I'm. I, she's good. I'm. I'm with you. 
I, I feel like it haps, I think it half steps with the relationship between her and Tara. I never really get a, a feel for it. The motive is the main draw Ugh. here for the killer. And yeah, and uh, that's the thing is I, I don't care if it's predictable or not. I need it to have a decent motive. This is kind of the thing with like Scott Foley too is like, yeah, Scott Foley's out of left field as well, but like his motive is so convoluted that whatever. It kind of works almost in yeah. a weird way. Like, yeah, but, 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 but God, what is her motive? Like her motive is what she moved into Stu's old, her parents moved into Stu's old house and she got into the stab movies. And now she's going to kill people to make a new stab movie. It's fucking stupid. I think I misspoke earlier. Yeah, when I said I, she had a connection to Stu, but she doesn't really no. have a connection to Stu outside of moving into his house, his house. and discovering yeah. the stab movies because they happened. At a, at the first one happened to take place at the house. She like that. It just it, it's it doesn't. It, one of the two here needs to have that personal. Somebody connection. does, and I don't. She's the one that feels like she is the one that has been quote unquote radicalized by the internet, but like. There needs to be a reason behind this. It can't just be too. I don't know. I um. I wish the movie did its work. <laughs> I wish that yeah. because even when I try to connect it to, so like, like there there are people on YouTube and on social media, and it's been building for a long time. You and I have watched this as someone. Sure, I've tried to disconnect a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of from being online. So maybe I'm not up to things. But you and I have seen a lot of people operate in bad faith when it comes to. Um, I don't know, like even people either being, uh, I don't want to use the word woke. <laughs> sure. Sure. I hate it. Well, I, know, but, I know, but, but like there are people that are people using it in bad faith. I'm yeah. on both sides of it too. True. So I, I, and I think that is what the movie is trying to, because it is an issue in fandom. Yeah. I just wish the. I wish the movie did the work to connect it to those real world things we're seeing because we have seen those in, um, we have seen people radicalized in these, in these ways in, uh, about the last year, I can think of a, an incident a year ago where, where a bunch of people, uh, worked each other up in yeah. some ways on the internet and, 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 and did something very bad. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And they, they do cute yeah. stuff here, Tim. They do, you know, Oh, Ryan Johnson directed stab eight. Okay, yes. cool. That's fun. That's cute. That's meta. I get it. But I never anticipated that the, 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 the motive would, the motive had, had, had every opportunity to be tied into the events of that first screen movie based around the fact that the killings were all patterned or connected to survivors of previous events. Like, Okay, cool. So now my head, like, and then it was, no, just kidding. Remember all those jokes we made about how the Stab franchise has gotten crappy? That's why they're killing people. And I go, oh, what? Yeah, that sucks. And that, that's where that's I, it. and that's, that's the part of the motive I don't like because it feels like a circle jerk. It does. And it, fe- it feels like, no. so nobody actually in the real world could even tell you who like outside of uh, like film Twitter or people on Twitter or, and I'll just say Twitter because that's what it is. Um, nobody knows who Ryan Johnson is. No, like nobody knows that he directed the last Jedi. That's just stuff on Twitter that people think that everybody knows. And it's just because people get worked up. Nobody knows that. And nobody cares in the real world about 
The Last Jedi or the online reaction. Everybody's to the forgotten Last about Jedi. that shit. It's over. <laughs> Everybody has forgotten about it. And then, uh, then if you do care about it, you get uh, the Rise of Skywalker, which is even worse. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, um, so, and that's what I think. And that's that's obviously what the movies, the movies commenting on. And, and I'm fine with that to a certain extent. It just right, but it, oops, I knocked over my mic. It's all right. But it, it it can't be the only thing, and I think that's what you and I are going for. Is like it can't be the only reason behind no. people killing these people. And what I did, it's not similar to four. The more I think about it, because no four is four, four is a four is a. She wants to be famous. She wants to be internet famous. Yeah, and, and she she wants to be Paris Hilton. Yep. She wants yes. to be blah blah blah. And she's annoyed yep. with the fact that Sydney's been been overshadowing her entire family tree her entire life because she happened to survive serial killings. And so she wants her shot at, at that. That almost works better for me than this. If I'm being, like, yeah. like, not a lot of four works better for me than, than five, but I don't know. I'm just bored. Like, like you could have gone any, any, any route for a motive for, for killers in, in any of these movies. And this just feels like kind of, I don't know. Lazy. Here's what, here's what, yeah, here's where I want to leave my thoughts on Amber and what I want to, how I want to wrap up that way too online thing that I've been talking about. And I, I this is a plea to any uh, horror screenwriters listening because it's an issue I had with um this issue I've had with a couple of recent yeah uh, horror movies. The Black Christmas remake is what I'm thinking of. Is uh, I'm begging some of these screenwriters to take a break from being on social. media. Go away from it. Get out. Get- <laughs> if you just take a step away because ten percent of the U.S. population is on twitter and like only a couple percent actually use it yeah yeah so like like the the people that you are seeing that are these toxic fans online are not that many people out there (laughs) it's not worth it it it, it is not worth it and and for this to be the only thing in the movie that this is commenting on it that's what kind of annoys me about the motive so that's where i wanted to leave and what's funny is 90 percent of the people that go see this movie are going to hear the the word dread it and go what exactly what even is that (laughs) Because I got news for you, most folks out there don't know what the fuck Reddit is. Like, is it like, even called Reddit? Yeah, there's a, there's Reddit. Yeah, I think I think so Dreddit, I don't, I, maybe. Okay, because there's Reddit horror and then there. Okay, I don't even know. Who knows? See, I don't care. <laughs> See, I don't even know, and I I like to think that I'm kind of plugged in. Yeah. I don't even like to think. I just know that I am. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so well, well we should might as well talk about Richie real quick because he's the, he's, he's our other killer. Yeah. So so uh, real quick, Richie dies really hard, and it's sweet. Um. <laughs> somehow he dies harder than amber who's lit on fire um richie richie as a character throughout the movie rules like i really really grow to like richie and i like even though he's always on the suspect list he kind of he does just like he woos sam into like a false sense of security he's likable yeah. enough to where like i kind of like start buying him you know what i'm saying like every time i start to like maybe think of him as a suspect he does something and i go ah now he's 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 good he's cool he's richie and then the reveal happens and i thought the reveal worked for me like that the the reveal you know once again the motive is the same motive so it doesn't really matter um we've talked about that but richie at least as a character um uh he might not be as fun to watch as amber post reveal in terms of like kind of zany and crazy and stew-esque um but he at least with the reveal, I feel a little bit more gut punched with Richie because I've grown to like him as a character. So he's very quady. 
this one, sure. Jack Quaid. He's very much he's yeah he's Samantha's boyfriend. Yeah, you, I've grown to like him. He is. He's kind of like if Jerry O'Connell ended up actually being yes, yes, in part two, but he's, a little nerdier. Very, yeah, he's very he's kind of an everyman. He's yeah. kind of safe. He's a little bit nerdier. He's not a boyfriend. He's not like Skeet, where Skeet's kind of there's like, a danger yeah, to Skeet. Like, yeah, there's a he's a bad boy, but um, yeah, I. I I don't love uh, the other thing I wanted to mention too about the motive. I don't love the exposition dump at the end. It it's rushes too much. through it. It's too much. It's almost like they aren't confident in the motive itself at the end. They just so kind of chuck it out there. Yeah. They just kind of say like, all right, this is what they did. We got to get through. This it. is why. Honestly, <sighs> Go ahead. Go I think ahead. they, ha- I think they do have, I think, uh, I think this, uh, this creative crew has a better handle on the whodunit aspect and the keep keeping people guessing aspect than they do on. I think Wes honestly would have nailed a lot of the stuff in in this movie, and I think he would have done a lot of what I really wanted this movie do, which is tie it into these real world events. I think Wes would have done a great job. He would have given us a a fascinating lecture on this stuff, and he would have really made <laughs> yeah, you think. Yeah, but he would have because that's. Wes is like a professor, and I just don't think the, that's these guys' strength. And maybe it will be at some point, but you, you also have to remember, Wes made Scream, like, what, 20 or 30 years into his career? Yeah, yeah. So, And these guys are only about 10 years. Yep. So I, Wes, was, I, Wes was at the top of his game. He was kind of a master of the craft at that point. So it, it's, it's, kind of not, it's kind of not fair. But I think, I think he would have had a better handle on that. Yeah. So. No, I, I don't disagree. Can, I'm going to pose one question to you before we, move, we, we, we wrap it up. Yeah. If if the okay, if either A Richie had been in somehow some way, shape, or form related to Stu and was pissed off that Stu was not getting the credit air quotes he deserved, uh, which like I said, they kind of set up on that early call, I feel like. Um Right. And he had lured Amber online into being his accomplice. That that's that's scenario A. Scenario B is Amber moved into Stu's house, found Stu and Billy's stash slash plans for the sequel that Stu mentions in Scream 1, sees these video diaries, these written diaries, finds out that Sam is, in fact, um, Billy's son through all these, these things that Stu hid in the house, and then gets a hold of Richie online through creepy internet backdoor stuff, whatever, the dark web, whatever. Would either of those plots have worked better for you if that was the reveal? They still have a connection over the internet as fans of Stab and stuff, but there's at least a tie to... I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that I'm a better writer by any stretch of the imagination. No, 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 no. I get you. But, I, but don't, don't you think even something small like that would have been enough to tie it to what came before to satisfy that a bit more? I think it would have, mm. but... Yes, but I still think those two are missing that, like, why they want to do this gotcha. on a human level. And I would need a re- reason why, like, Richie, like, why Richie is so connected to Stu. Is it because, sure. I mean, it's because he sees he sees himself in him. I mean, I guess you could dig into that sure, a little sure, bit, sure. too. I mean, sure. I mean, because they are similar in that way. Or maybe Amber sees herself in him. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't mind it. I, I would add a little bit more to it, but I it's still missing what I think this movie is missing, yep. which is that personal connection. Yeah, fair enough. Personal reasoning. Yep. All right. So, are we done? Yes. With the killers. We <laughs> right. are. All right. I Real knew quick. I knew we were going to go long, man. But yeah, you know, you never you um, never know. I'm going to pick some superlatives at random. So I right. want to start doing this. Who's your uh, so best all around? Who's your favorite character in this movie? Chad. 
Uh, a new character or returning? Or either. I think we... I think all. It, it's Dewey. Dewey. Yeah, yeah, me too. Dewey. And then Chad. Um, he's hilarious. <laughs> Who's most likely to succeed here? Oh, my. Um... Tara, Tara, because Tara overcomes fucking everything in this movie. That's a, yeah. She's she's almost she she's the only person to survive an opening attack and scream. Uh, now we can call it an opening attack. She we couldn't call it before that before Tara. Um, she also survives an attack in the hospital, uh, and she survives the finale, the third act. So yes, Tara is most like she succeeds all throughout. How about you? Uh, that's a good one. It's it can't be either of the killers. I guess the I guess the most likely to succeed because she's done it for five movies. I guess it's a toss up though. Either Sydney or Gale. Yeah, yeah. Gale's <laughs> probably making more money. Right. So if we're gonna go financial, uh, most likely. Um, so from here on out, most likely to succeed for me is. Gail, because I think she's wiped her hands clean. Yeah, she's <laughs> all she's wrapped up. She's done. With girl, yes. Uh, uh, you got a cutest couple. Cutest couple. Um, yeah, it's 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 Mindy and Chad. They're not a couple in a romantic sense, but they're 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 twins. So by so yeah, they're so not Mindy and the and the rando she makes out with. No, no, no. It's it's Mindy and Chad. Yeah, they a, they seem to have a, that's a, a, a delightful. They have a delightful uh, sibling relationship where they like have an understanding of each other but they uh they also don't necessarily have the same interests or or whatever i like that it's fun two more here class clown so who do you think is like the funniest character in the movie richie who made you laugh richie yeah he's hilarious the whole time he's great uh even up like his last line before the reveal where he what does he say well first he goes oh shit it's Ghostface," (laughs) and they fall down the stairs and he's hobbling to go get the gun, and he goes, it'd be a lot easier if you didn't shoot me in the leg. <laughs> That's really funny. He's really good. <laughs> Jack Quaid's really funny. Yeah, he's one I, he's one I might pick up a little more on uh, repeat viewings. I'm going to go with Vince, because Vince, yeah, he's for whatever hilarious. reason, I laughed every time Vince was on screen. Um, and so finally, what's the one I wanted to go with here? Uh, uh, who do you got for most opinionated? Most opinionated? Oh, my. This is a tough one, right? Um, yeah, this is kind of tough. My, my choice is Richie because he's uh, – obviously, he's Mr. Online. He's Man, even to the end, too, he goes, what about my ending? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, like, been stabbed 17 times. What about my ending? Um, yeah, he's up there. Mindy's pretty opinionated, too. I like Mindy, but yeah, she's got a very, she's got a very, uh, her, her very defined way of looking at life and how to navigate, uh, having a, how to navigate this movie. And if you break those rules, then uh, you're screwed. So I'm gonna go. I'll go Mindy, but Richie's pretty. Yeah, Richie's a rough, <laughs> rough fellow. Excellent. All right, let's call it there. I, I mainly wanted to do this with you so I could uh, throw up a short clip on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta break it out. You gotta get some content. I love it. Yeah, yeah, we're all looking for content. That's it. Oh, Willie, we're coming. At, we're clocking in at two and a half hours here. Oh. So I think we did a great job covering this one. Like yes, we, said we would. Any final thoughts before we uh, move on here? Lots of fun. If you haven't seen it, shame on you for listening to us spoil it for you. Maniac. Also, go see it or wait. I guess until it's on Paramount Plus, whatever. But see it because it's fun. And I want to see Same a sixth here. one. I'm excited. I'm, I think, would you agree? I'm excited for whatever this, wherever we go from here. I, I, 
that yeah, that's the thing is this uh, this in the best way feels like a prologue yeah. to what we will be getting in the next. At the very minutes, least, it is yeah. yeah, yep, for sure. What do you want to do, dude? Next? I have no idea. I am, I am, I don't know. I just, I just thought about the fact that we have to come up with something <laughs> seconds ago. Uh, so, so yeah. real quick here, I had I had the uh, years that we did not cover. Yet. Oh my! If you want me to bring that up, sure. uh, five year statistics. What are you feeling? Are you thinking more nineties, seventies, two thousands, eighties? I'd love to do another like purely because I'm still riding on the high of watching Scream movies. I'd love to do another WB era like horror, like like a nineties. Uh, okay, one. so here are your choices for ones we haven't done. Either yeah. 93, 04, or 06, if Jesus. you're looking for something around the same time. I mean, I I don't know. Um, 93 is early for that. Uh, right. I could check 2004. That's the year I graduated high school, for what it's worth. Um, My wife has joined us. <laughs> this is absurd saying. Hello, hey, wife. Pick a movie. Yes. Amy has joined us here. She's going like that. So 2004, we could do... Uh, so I'm looking at two. Oh, no. Should we do Cursed? Cursed, Shaun of the Dead, Anaconda's, A Resident Evil Apocalypse, Nightwatch, AVP, which I think we've kind of done. I don't want to do AVP. Shudder, uh, which I believe is the Joshua Jackson version of Shudder. Okay. Um, I think The Grudge... Any of these jumping out at you? That's 2004. Not you said you want to do. I guess we don't have to do one we haven't done. You said you want to do a WB era. Let's look at 19 like 99. I mean, have we done Urban Legend at, the, at this point on the show? I think we have, but yeah, we have. You know what we could do? Mm. Uh, a little bit of shout out to Betty. What we could do, like Placid, if you want. Yes, let's do it. I love it. Okay, I'm totally okay. down. I've been meaning to watch Lake Placid. Okay. Maybe I'll even go crazy and watch all the shitty sequels. There's like seven <laughs> of them. Let's do. Let's let's plan on doing Lake Placid. Excellent. Next time. There's even a Lake yeah. Placid versus um, Anaconda. Yeah, Boa. Yeah. Yep. It's Anaconda versus Lake Placid. So I'll watch that too. <laughs> Please do a report back because I will not be watching because I will be making a better choice because I just bought a bunch of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels. Oh, right. Are we sure like, that's the better choice, Tim? <laughs> why did you do that because i like to okay and all right they have so they have good versions of and i the new one's coming out on netflix which from what i've heard is terrible so i'm very excited about that so i'm trying to catch up i like two and i think uh i think the mcconaughey performance in four is fun <laughs> <laughs> That's my my McConaughey and four sound, but Screen Factory put out good versions of I think four, three, and four, right? Leatherface and I don't know. I don't I'll find know. out, I guess, because they're in the mail. They're on their way, and I will borrow them after you're done. I was gonna say you want to get it on this. You're damn but, straight uh, because I wanted to pay for them. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> um, anyway, but in all seriousness, oh, Lake Placid, I will um I will be. Uh, I will watch at least the first one, but I, I intend on watching. You better watch the first one. We're we're talking about it. I'll watch at least the first one. There's a ton of them, though. Are you aware of this? Like, yeah, there there's a lot of sci-fi ones. There's one, two, three, four, five, six movies. There are six Lake Placid movies. 
Should should this be when we bring back Fight the Franchise? Well, see if you can get uh, uh, yeah, Nikki to watch these. I'll talk to Nikki and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh-huh. All right. All right. We will see everybody next time. Make sure to check out the Midwest Game Nerds. Uh, check out the honor roll. I just put on a new one. Horror Movie Yearbook at gmail.com. At HM Yearbook on Twitter. Horror Movie Yearbook on Facebook and Instagram. Everybody, thank you for listening to this. If you've made it all two and a half hours, we appreciate it. We finally did. I think we finally focused on one movie for longer than the actual movie itself. We did so, so well. We did really Still well. Still proud. I think. So I swear to God, I hope this recorded everything. But uh, <laughs> we will see you next time. Thank you, everybody listening, and stay safe out there.